0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Week 13 Sunday Recap. Man, oh man, do we love doing a super fringe breakdown of everything that happened in the week that was in the NFL. We're trying to make it faster this week. We'll see how it goes. A reminder, if you like it, leave a review. If you love the show, like the show, new to the show, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you dig it, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. We crash through a threshold uh burst through a threshold, I guess. We're looking to keep the momentum going as we head towards the playoffs. Tons of great shows. The more reviews we get, the easier it is to convince our bosses to let us do what we want uh, and not fire us. So that's great, too. So leave a review, five-star rating, hit that button, um, and keep writing funny reviews because, frankly, they're hilarious. You're, you guys are funnier than we are. Certainly funnier than Mr. Sad Sack, Ryan Wilson, who uh, is, feeling, uh, is wearing his dangerous shirt that our buddy Lewis made for us. Podcast listener, wearing his uh, Baker Mayfield shirt on a day that Baker Mayfield lost to the Steelers. We'll get to that. Sean Wagner-McGuff, what's going on, buddy?
1: What's up, Brinson?
0: And John Breach. Howdy, John.
1: I ate seven slices of pumpkin pie today. I'm ashamed of myself.
0: You know what? I ate an entire
1: calzone for dinner. I feel better. Thanks, Brinson. (laughs) Seven slices? How many slices are in a normal pie? That's none of your business how I cut my pie. I'm not going to tell you. Is it, isn't that, isn't that just like three fourths of a pie or? I think there's oh. usually eight slices in a pie. <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds like you ate a pie. <laughs> but it's over the course of the day. <laughs> Our day starts at like 9 a.m. It is now midnight. So that's less than one slice every two hours, I think. <laughs> if my math, it's not bad guys. Trust me.
0: Did you, um, eat anything else or was this, was this like Thanksgiving leftover party time? Uh,
1: oh, it was definitely Thanksgiving leftovers. I had, what else? I had? I had a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I buy one every Saturday night to eat on Sunday while we work. So that was my day it was pumpkin pie and Chick-fil-A a
0: overnight Chick-fil-A sandwich.
1: Oh, it's delicious. The fried ones overnight. Whew. Um, do you eat
0: it up or do you eat it cold?
1: I heat it up. You think I eat a cold chicken sandwich?
0: Do you heat it up in the toaster oven or the microwave? The microwave.
1: It uh, was uh, uh, <laughs> off where you heat it up. It's still, no, I heat up the fitness, oh, too. It's all delicious. Don't knock I've, until you've tried it.
2: I've learned too much about breeze in these last two uh, minutes. <laughs>
0: hey. The, uh, we had a podcast listener DM me and was like, very important question. I'm going, this is in Canada. He's coming down, uh, to the, uh, Vikings Seahawks game tonight for Monday night football. And, uh, he was going to go to Chick-fil-A for the first time. So he asked me what he should get. What would you order at Chick-fil-A if you had to pick, if you were, if you're going for the first time? I told him, you can get the number one combo, but be careful if you don't like pickles. Make sure you get them off. Or I would a spicy chicken sandwich. I like my I like the Chick Fil A spicies. That's what I would go with instead of the regular number one.
1: Definitely Spice spicy chicken. chicken,
0: and then get the waffle fries. And you know what? Treat yourself and get a milkshake. I, I told him a milkshake too. And you, you know what? The real pro tip for Chick Fil A is you can ask for the waffle fries to be well done, and then they're way less soggy and much more crispy and much better. And the other pro tip for Chick Fil A. You ask for the fat-free honey mustard salad dressing to dip your fries in. It's some of the best honey mustard out there.
1: And the other pro tip is that since it's December, there's peppermint stick milkshakes, which are delicious. So get one. This guy is going to gain more pounds than I gained today eating this pumpkin pie because he's going to get seven things. Get the milkshake, the peppermint stick milkshake. Get, Brent's suggestions. Get buffalo sauce to dip your fries in. Uh, it's delicious.
0: All right. Let's get to some football not a delicious evening for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in Houston. They lose to the Houston Texans 28-22. And what can only go down as a pretty shocking victory for Houston considering that, uh, Tom, uh, Tom O'Brien, Bill O'Brien had never beaten <laughs> Bill Belichick, uh, since he, since he flew the, uh, flew the Patriots nest. And, uh, he got a big win here that really, I think, guys, throws the AFC playoff picture as a whole into a, into a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a maw. It's a fracas. It's a, uh, uh, another word for crazy confusion. Would you agree or disagree, Sean, that this altered, uh, the way we're going to look at the AFC playoff picture?
2: Yeah, you actually, uh, and I want to preface all this by saying everything I say, I'm not
0: saying if you steal my bills thing, I'll murder you. i kill you.
2: I would like to see you try, Princeton. You yeah. can't even mail something to me in, in two months. I would like oh, to see you get Bills, here.
0: The Bills could win. The Bills could still win the AFC East. If the Bills went out and the Chiefs beat the Patriots next Sunday, the Bills would be the number one seed in the AFC. And after we watched them dismantle the Cowboys, it's not that far-fetched. And so the other implications, obviously
2: suddenly the Ravens now are holding the top seed because they are to beat the Patriots. So suddenly it's looking like... It's not can Lamar Jackson go into Foxborough with this trip to the Super Bowl on the line. It's can the Patriots go into Baltimore and do it, which they already tried to do it once this season, did not go well. And also, let's not mention the Patriots play the Chiefs next. So if the Chiefs beat the Patriots, something that could happen, uh, sudden, and then the Patriots could in theory lose to the Bills. The Chiefs are suddenly played their way back into a chance to get a first round bye when it looked like for a long time we were sticking them into that third seed. So uh, and we haven't even mentioned the Texans. The fact that they have the Titans hot in their heels and no one expected them to be able to beat the Patriots. So this is a huge win for them because it's a win I don't think anyone expected them to get. And suddenly they're eight and four, you know, they're not one of those seven and six or whatever seven and five teams. Uh, I think, I think they're legit and, and this game proved that they could actually win a playoff game or two. And I think along for most of the season, we've said, oh, Watson's great, but he's not going to be able to o- overcome Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien coached a hell of a game tonight. Um, and that play call that he stuck it to the Patriots to kind of put the game on ice was an incredible play call. One you could argue maybe he should have saved actually for January.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Why? Why save it for January if you beat the Patriots? That's huge.
2: That's Just because they didn't need to do it.
1: That's They a br- were going to win. I would they did also... need to
3: do it. They won by six points. Mm.
1: They probably would have scored there anyways. Well, right. I think I don't they want to did that. it as it says because after the game, Bill O'Brien said that Hopkins uh-huh. and Duke Johnson drew up the play on a piece of paper over the bye week.
0: Oh, really? And O'Brien
1: was like, well, I guess if we can squeeze. So it was more of a risk-averse play where he probably wanted to try it while they were leading to see if it would work. And then if it did, like, all right, guys, well, go drop some more plays and uh, we'll throw them in the playbook. So those two literally drew up the play.
0: I I think the the risky part of the play, and by the way, for those who didn't see it, what it was, it was like a – uh, underneath reverse pitch. It was a double hand. They double hand, hand Watson
2: reverse. handed the ball off once, and then Fuller was, or sorry, Hopkins was coming back across the formation, and they handed it off to him, and then from there, he optioned it to Watson, but it was a forward pass, so it went down as a touchdown pass for Hopkins.
0: Correct, yeah. Uh, Hopkins got the ball, ran an option-style play, and then pitched it high. I would argue that um, two things. Look, it, it's a great play. I don't want to be the well-actually guy, and complain about the awesome play. But, uh, one, if you fumble the ball, the Patriots go the other way. It's going to get a little dicey, and, and people are going to point to that play. And, two, I don't know, maybe don't have your two best players on your football team like just begging to take huge shots from defensive players late in the game when you're up by multiple scores. So, I have
3: no issue with that play call. I actually loved it. We crushed Bob all the time, Bill O'Brien, about being too conservative and doing stupid stuff. It worked. Let the Texans fans enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I mean, we're talking about save the play for January. This team was seven and four coming into this game. They were supposed to lose by twenty points. They won the football game. Jerry Hopkins is your best player. Deshaun Watson is your second best player, vice versa. Have the ball in their hands. Literally, the two best players had the ball in their hands. And they scored a
1: touchdown. Yeah, settle down. Ryan isn't a bad read, way it? Yeah, and I will say to Ryan's point, and you guys saying that they maybe didn't rate because the score, they didn't need to run it. It was twenty-one to nine. If they don't get a touchdown in that series and they're forced to kick a field goal, it's twenty-four to nine, and you're still only up two possessions on the Patriots with ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter, which isn't a comfortable lead. You would much rather be up three scores. So I'm, I'm on Team Ryan here. I, I like the call. I don't think you hold it till January. You win now, Sean, because there's no January if you don't win now. It was. I, I don't want to get into this. It's a great play call. I'm just saying it was first and goal from the six.
0: Look, they they took shots on the field. Um, they were I thought they were smart about their offensive game plan, and frankly, it exposes what I think it's going to be really interesting with the chiefs because what we saw is that you could like Stefan Gilmore was all over DeAndre Hopkins, and they have known each other since college because Gilmore played at South Carolina, Hopkins played at Clemson. You know, they're rivals like that. You could tell they didn't like each other. Gilmore held him mostly in check, 67 receiving yards. At the end of the day, he did have the pass, the passing touchdown uh, to 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 Watson. Um, but you could tell that the Texans were more than content to take their vertical shots to Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, and that they knew they could beat the secondary Patriots players. And i would be very curious. How New England operates defensively when it has to play a team with this many weapons, like the Chiefs, uh, like the Ravens. You know what I mean? Like, the Patriots' defense is great, but what if you, like, if you have multiple ways of beating a team, multiple ways of beating somebody on offense, it feels like you can put up points on them.
3: And they had their very own James White and uh, Duke Johnson, and Duke Johnson wore their ass out. Uh in the past game. I know they stopped him running the ball, but who cares about that? Uh, I thought he was a he was a nice weapon in the passing game, sort of mixed things up, gave him the underneath option and did basically the same thing that Tom Brady and James White have been doing for years up until this year pretty much. Um the only issue I had about the Texans, I thought they did everything perfectly except that very last defensive drive. It's like they thought the game was over and they were just like it was like a walkthrough. Like James White's running crazy through the field. Yeah. The Edelman touchdown, the it, it, like the leverage was wrong on the touchdown, it was a pretty easy throw.
0: Yeah. It's like,
3: that, they played out of their minds.
0: It's like, hey, guys, you have 28 points in uh NRT Stadium against the Patriots. You may want to make sure you win this game because we saw them up. 20. And the onside kick. I'm sure John was probably
3: stripping out naked because he thought it was going to be another crazy onside recovery. Lathering pumpkin pie on his bare chest. <laughs> oh, this pumpkin pie onside kicks. Oh,
1: yeah. That, that was why I saved the slice was to other myself in case an onside kick got recovered. My God, it was close. So
3: I, uh, close.
0: Um, I, I want to point out real quickly that I thought that this game flipped very early. And it's, I think this is really telltale with the Patriots. You, you, the Patriots need to play from ahead right now, how they're constituted. They have to play from ahead. And they got a three and out from the Texans early on. And then they marched down. I mean, it's immediate three and out. They go 14 plays, 54 yards or so. Sort of, actually, excuse me, 69 yards with 15 with the penalty. Um, five first downs. They're running the ball like crazy. Sonny Michelle looks good. I mean, it looks like this is the, what we saw from the Patriots at the end of the game last week. And then they have to settle for a field goal. They get another punt for the Texans. Then Tom Brady throws that interception. It was a bad interception. And, you know, it, it goes back the other way. And as soon as that happened, and then the Texans got seven. It's seven to three. And then they score again quickly. It's like, whoa, whoa. Like, it was a very shell-shocking moment. And the Patriots went punt, 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 punt. After that, and then turnover on downs, and then they're in the fourth quarter, and they scored three touchdowns in the third quarter. I don't think those three touchdowns are indicative of their offense. I think their offense is a lot closer, Ryan, to what we saw in the middle of that game. And I would ask you, is Tom Brady washed up?
3: I think it's hard to differentiate Tom Brady from the rest of that doo-doo offense. Isaiah wins back, and he he. I don't know if Brady was any more well-protected this game than he has been previously. Um, the issue was along the right side with – um Jacob Martin, who we, used to, we were making fun of a few weeks ago as being the, the other guy as part of the clowny trade. He actually was getting after it on Sunday night. But yeah, so the running game's fine if it works, but there's literally no one for him to throw the ball to. Nikhil Harry is back from the injury off IR. He went out of the game at the same time as uh, Karis, the center, went out of the game, so he only played like half the game. So clearly, something they weren't happy with, something he was doing. Tom Brady's obviously frustrated, but I don't know. Uh, so if Tom Brady is on the Chiefs' I guess he's playing better. I mean, I would like to think he would
0: be playing better. But the, ball the ball's not coming out of his hand with the speed. It doesn't. It doesn't look accurate. Like he's he doesn't
3: just, know any of these guys. Or he hasn't. He doesn't have a lot of familiarity with these guys. He knows these guys clearly. But I guarantee you, if AB wasn't facing a possible suspension whenever he decides to come back, Tom Brady would be driving him back to Foxborough, toot sweet, because that's what you needed on that last drive when they took him two minutes to get down the field, even though the, the Texans weren't playing, and they don't have that right now. By the way, did you see what the Texans wore to the game? The Texans players, yeah, the
0: SWAT gear. I
3: didn't like that. I, I made a note and wrote FFS.
0: Uh, I for, was like, for F's sake. I was FFS like, is. this is the, this is like
3: the 2012 situation where they all wore the Letterman jackets yep. after they started 11 and one. No, they wore Letterman jackets to New England on Monday night, and JJ and Watt was leading the charge. Yeah, the- house 42 to 14 or something. So I was like, oh well, this is clearly what's going to happen here. I, These guys are going to be bigger
0: on the Patriots because of those SWAT gear, like the SWAT gear. My
3: my only my thought at the time before the game was when I saw the SWAT gear. I said the only way they're going to beat the Patriots now is if they literally bring machine guns and start shooting people with these with the SWAT gear going along with it. Luckily they didn't have to do any of that. Shout out to the Last Boy Scout. But uh yeah, uh nothing bad to take away from this game.
1: And apparently that's a thing they do because they were wearing Mortal Kombat costumes before their last game against the Colts, so they just you know, like DeAndre Hopkins drawing up plays on his bye week. These guys just come up with costumes to wear. One thing, Ron, you said about the Patriots offense is it's not even like Tom Brady definitely looks like maybe he's lost a little arm strength. He's not sure where to get the ball. But the Patriots receivers had trouble getting separation. We, we heard Brady it looked like he complained about it. And what is he supposed to do with the ball if his receivers aren't open? And so he's not. 30-year-old spry tom brady anymore he can't just be running around trying to find something wait till his guys get open they've got to get open or he's going to get murdered he's 42 years old i don't care how pliable you are if he keeps taking hits like he did against houston he's gonna get hurt or he's gonna get beat up and he's gonna play worse because he's someone who doesn't play well once he starts getting banged up and once he starts getting rattled uh, which doesn't happen often, but it looked like it was starting to happen this game. And so what we see is the Patriots, his go-to is he just starts uh, dumping the ball off to James White because he doesn't want to take a hit. And then, obviously, he'll try and be on the same page with Julian Edelman. And, and Ryan, I think you nailed the nail on the head with the whole Antonio Brown thing. Antonio Brown literally dropped a tweet. In the middle of this game with Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is you showing his five Patriots highlights, because I think that's all the highlights you can have when you only play in one game with a team. But they were all there on this tweet. So he is making it as clear as possible that he still wants to play for the Patriots. And I really think after a situation like this, and if this were to happen again next week against the Chiefs, I think we might see Belichick go to Robert Kraft and be like, look. We're not going to win Super Bowl unless you call Roger Goodell and tell him to reinstate A.B., and then A.B. comes to Foxborough. I mean, this is – they're getting to desperation
0: mode. No, we, we, we are getting to the point where it's like Bob Kraft is going to have to apologize to A.B. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, real real quick, just yeah. to put into perspective how bad Brady was in this game until – I don't want to call it garbage time because they actually came close to recovering an onside kick to go tie the game. But midway through the third quarter, this game looked completely over. Brady was 9 of 25. For 90 yards in an interception. He was averaging 3.6 yards for attempt.
0: Sean, at that point in time, when he was 9 of 25, he had more rushing yards than completions. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: it's one of those things where we're so cautious because we've seen it over the years so many times of him having a bad game or two, calling him washed, and then he comes back and wins the Super Bowl. So, so it seems like if any other 38 – like not even 42 – if any other 36-year-old quarterback was having this kind of – you mediocre, got mediocre season. Yeah. We would be calling him washed like we're doing with Matt Ryan and like we're doing with Philip Rivers. And with Brady, we're like, we're wondering, we're asking the question, but we're so hesitant to ask it. But if you were to just strip away the name, present his stat line or like if he could just be a blank figure and watch his film, a lot of people would be calling this guy washed, I think.
0: I, even the 44 yard pass to Joey Nettleman that set up like, I think the first Patriots touchdown, um, I'd open. He he was wide open and Brady like didn't make that great a throw. Like it was like a it was like this like, like a little floater that was wobbly. It just didn't have the same Christmas to it. I don't know. Um, and by the can way, can I ask
3: Breach a question? Because Breach is a, a resident conspiracy theorist. Knowing what we've seen from Tom Brady the last month and a half, John, and knowing that he's t- his t- house has been sold, Alex Guerrero's house has been sold, who's going to be the quarterback in New England in 2020? Tom
1: Brady.
0: Tom Brady. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? Yeah. I was. Thinking, um, during the, that game, actually, mm-hmm. I was, I was like, wait a minute, you know, Tom Brady isn't under, before it was like Tom Brady's on a contract. He could go wherever he wants. What if he wants to go to LA? What if Bill Belichick's like, see ya, dude? I mean, like, what if he's like, we're not signing you, Tom. You are, you are in fact washed and we need a new quarterback and I'm going to go get somebody who's not washed like Philip Rivers. jeez, uh,
1: that's your fantasy,
0: isn't it? That yeah, is Brent's fantasy. <laughs> he's been, he's been picturing this since like five
1: years ago. He's like, how can Rivers get to New England? No. Good long game, Brinson. It's going to be Dalton. Breach. Stop. It. I'm just trying to pit you guys against each other.
0: FYI, the Ravens went, according to sports line data from Stephen O, went from the projected number two seed to the number one seed, and their Super Bowl chances, twenty six point five to thirty percent, as a result of that. What the outcomes of today's games. Uh, the Ravens won, obviously. We'll get to that in a second. And the Patriots went from 21.9% to win the Super Bowl, down to 18%. Uh, the Texans went from a 61% chance to win the division up to 81% chance. Um, no, excuse me. 61% to win the division, 81% chance to make the playoffs. Went up to 72% to win the division, 94% to make the playoffs. Worth noting, the Texans play the Titans twice. Uh, the Colts lost and uh, to the Titans. We'll get to that in a second. And uh, the Jaguars are, are crap. So um, it's looking like those two Titans games, if they can sweep the Titans, they have the Bucks and the Broncos as well. I mean, they can make a little bit of a run at a, at a bye here, too. I think it's probably unlikely, but there is chaos in here. Um, the Ravens hold the tiebreaker over the Patriots. The Chiefs hold the tiebreaker over the Ravens. The Texans hold the tiebreaker over the Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, and the Patriots hold the tiebreaker uh, over who am I missing? Anyway, whatever. Maybe the Patriots. Well,
2: the Chiefs Patriots tiebreaker will be decided next week, obviously.
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh, and again, we'll give the Bills a second, but if the Bills went out and the Patriots lose to the Chiefs, the Bills will be the number one seed in the AFC. That would be mine. If, if, the, if the Bills in the division too, insane. Uh, let's talk about those Ravens. Oh, actually one more point on the Texans. Um it's kind of fascinating that they have, uh, three former number one picks, cornerback. Vernon Hargraves, Bradley Roby, and Gary and Conley, and they're all playing pretty well. Like they've come in and made a pretty big impact. Like, think, oh, Jonathan Joseph too. What you mean, guys? They brought in? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah well, they brought him in free agency, like way back like 2013, 40 but, years yeah. ago. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. Like they've all they brought in Conley, Hargrave. They traded for Conley. They signed. They got uh, Hargraves off the wire, and then Roby was a free agent this offseason, right? And I mean, look, they're talented guys. They went in the first round. They're playing. They're playing well. So uh, good for them. Ravens beat the 49ers, 20 to 17, last second. So this is why Breach ate all this pie. He's just smearing himself with pies, like Justin Tucker's banging him, a, a game field oh, Justin Tucker, yeah. Uh, Justin Tucker had a game. Justin with-
3: Tucker on one screen and American Pie the movie
0: on the other. Oh, God. Uh, the 49ers cover the five and a half, the under a 45 and a half hit. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 24 fantasy points in this game. Did this game live up to the hype for you, Sean?
2: Yes, Um, and my takeaway isn't, oh my god, the Ravens are so good, because we already knew that, it's that I think these are the two best teams in football, in my mind, Um, because I don't take, I don't look at this for the 49ers as a negative, I mean, obviously it's a loss and it hurts their positioning in the NFC, but they were right there with the Ravens who we have been talking about for weeks as the most all-around team in football, and this game came down to the last two drives for each team, and the... 49ers were down three. They had the ball at the Ravens' 38-yard line – or, sorry, 35-yard line, and they had a fourth and one. And this is where people are going to get nitpicky and criticize Kyle Shanahan, who otherwise does a tremendous job, obviously, with the 49ers and getting the most out of that offense. He called a passing play on fourth and one. The pass was battled, batted down to line of scrimmage. They had been running the ball like crazy off the edge against the Ravens, and that's why people are going to second-guess the play call. They averaged six yards per carry. They ran the ball 29 times for 174 yards, so I understand the second-guessing. And then Lamar comes down and leads the game when he drive and kind of surprising to see John Harbaugh settle for the 49-yard field goal instead of trying to get more yards in those conditions. But when you have Justin Tucker, I guess it doesn't really matter because that was as automatic as a kick gets. And Lamar wasn't that impressive in that game in terms of what he's been doing. But I think that's kind of scary because this was like game manager, here's that phrase again that I was overusing a few weeks ago, game manager Lamar. Like he wasn't hitting on the big passing plays, um, but he wasn't, he was making safe passes, wasn't turning the ball over, and he did so much damage on the ground that I don't really know how you beat this Ravens team, but the flip side is that the 49ers went into Baltimore and could have won this game against the best team in football. And I think they've all they've done in the past few weeks, even like they've lost to the Seahawks and lost to the Ravens, two really good teams. They've legitimized themselves in the process. So the way that they've lost those games.
0: Well, in Lamar's Lamar's defense, I mean, (laughs) it was good. 49ers' defense is really good, and that, that the conditions were disastrous. Yeah.
2: No, I'm not – I wasn't a negative. I'm, I'm saying that he was good for what the game called for, I thought.
0: Sure. Go ahead, Ryan. What were you saying?
3: Oh, um, I, I agree with mostly what Sean said. I don't think I was that down on the 49ers the last few weeks. I thought Jimmy G had started answering some questions. I thought he was fine. He had the one fumble, but, again, the conditions weren't great. It is funny. Every time the 49ers go to the D.C. area – it's a monsoon they played the Redskins whenever that was and that that the weather there was terrible uh equally as bad I- against Baltimore but um I thought the, the Debo Samuel touchdown catch over Marcus Peters on fourth and two was absolutely awesome and I was actually looking to see the um the rookie wide receivers uh the pass catch totals uh th- through whatever 11 12 thirteen weeks because I was checking on your guy Kel- Kelvin Harmon, um Brenton. He has 13 – no, he actually has 19 catches now. I mentioned that because Debo's number one. He has 40. He's been an awesome addition to that offense. Uh, Manny Sanders has been hurt a little bit, but he's certainly there too. But I think Debo, more than anyone else, has been sort of important for what Shanahan wants to do down the field. And I thought he he played really well in that game. And um, I I was impressed with what he did. Mark Andrews, the tight end, had that awesome catch on the seam route uh, on their first touchdown, I believe. And he continues to be an important thing. And I thought, interestingly, after he scored, he did the Nick Bosa – Flag planning touchdown celebration. So I don't know who that's going to come back on last. I guess it came back on Nick Bosa this time, but who knows? if football up in Mark Andrews' face at some point,
1: that's going to be a last team standing. Whoever's in the Super Bowl that either went to Ohio State uh, or Oklahoma, that's that's who's going to be playing the flag last. Uh, one thing I will say though is that Sean, I don't know, if I necessarily necessarily agree with you that Shanahan made a bad call because if you look at his mindset. They had a fourth and two earlier in the game that Ryan just mentioned where they did throw the ball and they got a touchdown to Devo Samuel. Then we had a fourth and one later in the game where they also threw a pass and also converted – so now you're at two for two throwing the ball twice, and so now you get to the third one, and the Ravens are going to be totally off their game because they have no idea what's coming. They might be expecting the run, but they're like, oh my God, we've already been burnt on a pass twice on fourth and short. They might throw it again, but they might run it. We have no so it really was a way of keeping the Ravens off kilter. So I don't think that that was a horrible call by Shanahan, especially since it already worked twice. If anything, I would hold it against Harbaugh more for not trying to get closer. I don't care if Justin Tucker's your kicker. When you're playing in a monsoon, anything over 40 yards is not a gimme. Robbie Gold fell five yards short. Robbie Gold is one of the best kickers in the NFL over the past three years. He fell five yards short on a 51-yard field goal. So there was no telling that you're automatically going to make a kick from 49 yards. I thought that was actually a a worse coaching job, just that end part right there, than what Shanahan did. And I thought Harbaugh should have played for five or ten more yards, especially since they had 36 seconds and one timeout. Um, Yeah, they kicked on third down, and they ran their second down play with
2: 36 seconds left. Like, they clearly – it was really bizarre because Shanahan this year – or, sorry, Harbaugh this year has been so aggressive on fourth downs and just with this mentality. And, like, you would trust Lamar not to make a dumb mistake, not to take a sack, not to turn it over. Or, you know, your offensive line is maybe the best offensive line in football, especially with run blocking. Trust him not to get a holding penalty. So that was – I agree completely. That was really bizarre, and he's lucky he has Justin Tucker to bail him out of those situations.
0: Lamar Jackson's 101 rushing yards, uh, gave him four games this season with 100 plus rushing yards. The most ever by a quarterback in a single season. Michael Vick had three twice in 2004 and 2006 and Russell Wilson had three in 2014. The Ravens also have rushed now for 2,494 yards this season. The third most rushing yards by a team in the first 12 games of a season since 1970. Only the 72 Dolphins and the 75 Buffalo Bills had more. So this is pretty good. And I really think, I mean, I just think, I mean, the, I think the Ravens should be kind of a heavy Super Bowl favorite at this point. Like they can do everything. And I know people question Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. That's stupid. I, Who's I don't. Who's doing that? I, P, trolls on Twitter. Remember? Joe Flacco? Yeah. Maybe I don't. Know. Dude, less than a year ago, he got booed in a playoff game in Baltimore. Okay, there were people, pe- people were talking about putting in Flacco at halftime of
1: that game. I was just
0: thinking about that.
1: Sorry about it. I think if I'm the Ravens, though, my one concern is look, they're zero and two against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson has it proven he can beat them, and it's almost a certainty that they're going to face each other. I can't see Kansas City losing in the wild card round. I don't think they're going to get a buy at this point, and then boom. You go from the wild card, you might have to face the Chiefs in the divisional round. And if you lose that, you know, you don't even get to the title game after the spectacular season by Lamar Jackson. So although I agree with you that the Ravens probably should be viewed as the favorite, I, I mean, you could say the Chiefs are kind of their kryptonite right now. And so that is the one team that I would probably pick to beat the Ravens if they played head to head, even though I think the Ravens are probably the best team in the AFC.
3: Well, Lamar Jackson doesn't play defense, number one, and the Ravens defense is playing a lot better over the last three or four or five weeks than it has at any point the last year and a half. So like I mean,
2: eight points per game, I think in the winning streak, which is, eight I games. think
3: if that game is in Kansas city, it's what chiefs minus three, maybe. But what's the line. If it's in Baltimore,
0: I, you make the Ravens, a dog in the playoffs. I am going to take the Ravens.
3: So, I mean, that's what I'm
0: saying. Like what's four the line and a half in Baltimore. No, it's not that high. I think it's probably it's, I think Ryan's on. It's probably three per pop because it's, it's like, it's just, that's just home field advantage. Um, the Chiefs' defense, by the way, is playing really well lately too. So They're
3: getting better. Their run defense is terrible, but their pass defense is really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking back on that game, I mean, Lamar twenty-two or forty-three, two sixty-seven, no passing touchdowns, did uh only ran eight times, forty-six yards and a touchdown. So hmm, interesting. Kyle Shanahan said afterwards, we had every chance to win that game, came up a little bit short at the end. Credit them. Hopefully, we can earn an opportunity to maybe get a chance to play them some other time again. I think we. Ooh. If you had to pick right now, Breach. Would uh 49ers-Ravens be your Super Bowl matchup? Like, it would not. No, 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 not, not the one you think will happen, like what your preferred matchup. Sorry. Wait, my preferred or what I think is going to happen? Like you get a pick. You get a preferred.
1: Preferred? Chiefs-Vikings was my prediction before the season. I still kind of like that because I still think the Chiefs have the most potential to beat the Ravens, and I think the Chiefs can beat any other team that would be in the AFC playoff field. And probably the 49 ers in the NFC, even though I'd like my Vikings prediction to stick, as I'm sure you would, Brenton. So I'll say Chiefs 49ers right now.
0: Well, for, like, for, cause for pure entertainment purposes, like, who, like, who, the, I mean, I don't care about your own personal game. I care about, like, what do you think would be the most entertaining game, Ryan?
3: I'm with you. Baltimore, San Francisco. I love how Breach asks what you were asking for, then you said the opposite.
1: <laughs> Ca- Cowboys, Ravens would be the most entertaining. No, it wouldn't. Are you kidding me? Dak, Ezekiel Elliott versus baby. Lamar? The yeah, one team it, punting it, it, on fourth and one, the other team going for every. If first I was 4 to it'd be like fifty to thirty-five.
0: It'd be an insane Super Bowl.
3: Yeah. Harbaugh would kick off to Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett would punt on first down.
0: <laughs> it was Cowboys, 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 Ravens would be entertaining in that we could go to the bar at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> that game would be <laughs> slaughter them. All right, here you go, Sean.
2: Uh, Chiefs, Seahawks. I'd like to watch Mahomes and Russ. Go that's, ahead, head high-scoring game.
0: Saints. uh yeah. I don't really. Are, want
2: this, are, are the Saints that fun?
0: They don't really throw the ball downfield and like. Sean Payton once did an onside kick to open up the second half. Uh, of the, yeah, that yeah. was I was ten yeah, years that ago, Brinson. Quit living in the past. I was right? in high
2: school. My friends, house watching that game. My friend's mom made us cookies. That's how young I
3: was. God. Did you find twenty bucks at any point? No. Moving
0: along. Steelers Browns. Steelers take down the Browns. Mayfield not feeling so dangerous now, is he, Ryan? Uh, 20 to 13. Steelers plus cover the plus one and a half as home dogs, the under hits, as it should always in Steelers and Browns games. <laughs> um, James Washington called another touchdown pass. He's actually becoming like kind of a reliable, uh, 49, uh, reliable 49, what am I talking about? A reliable fantasy option. Um, but the real story and, Multiple uh, multiple Steelers players talked about this afterwards. Like I think uh, David Akers mentioned, that it motivated the team. Freddie Kitchens spotted over the weekend wearing a T-shirt out of the movies that said Pittsburgh started it. Uh, he Do you know what movie he went to see where he wore that shirt? I'm setting up my ability to play audio, but I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. I want to I want to give you the heads up. It was a movie about Mr. Rogers. Do you know where Mr. Rogers is from? Pittsburgh. 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 So. Double whammy.
0: Ooh, wait, he wore, uh, he wore that shirt to see a movie about a Pittsburgh guy, I meaning you might have Pittsburgh, like, folks there? Mm, questionable. Hey, look, the, the guy's not a Mensa member. Let's start there. <laughs> Freddie was asked about the shirt afterwards and gave an answer that, well, you know.
4: I mean, listen, I, I, the t-shirt didn't have anything to do with us, uh, at the minus one moving out. I wore a t-shirt. I wore a jacket with it um my daughters wanted me to wear the shirt and i'd wear it again i'd put a jacket on i covered it up i took a picture with a fan that was as simple as that you know t-shirt i mean t-shirt didn't cause us to give up 40-yard passes and we were ready to play that's the only thing people need to be concerned about we were ready to play
0: I love, I love how he trails off and he's like, hey, they didn't give us, didn't give, didn't cause us to give a 40 yard pass. It's like, I mean, Freddie, you're, you're sort of, you're in a bad spot here, pal. Like you, you had to win this game if you're the Browns. They are now five and seven. They are pro- safe to say that they're not going to make a playoff push. <laughs> Does it feel fair?
3: I mean, I think the Titans are their biggest competitor. The Steelers are who they are, but the Titans, I think maybe has the best chance for uh, to for the last spot. I feel like they do. They ain't going to be the Raiders. No, I'm saying, like, the Browns are, I think it's the Titans or the Steelers. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is I think the Browns are done because they, I don't think they're going to leapfrog the Titans under any scenario.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the Titans, again, do have to play the Texans twice. Uh, the Browns do get the, like, the Browns are probably going to end up at eight and eight. And we're going to they are.
3: And I'm going to predict this. And John may or may not agree, but I think Andy Dalton will beat them at least once. Ooh.
1: I do agree. I was actually trying to break down. I thought Brenton might ask us later who would Sorry. get that sixth slot like he did last week. And and just the Browns, uh, Freddie Kitchens in the interview, John, so he would be prepared.
0: John, John thinks the Bengals are going to get the sixth spot.
1: <laughs> They're eliminated, Brenton. I already did the math. But they'll get the sixth spot next year.
0: Speaking of math, the Browns now have a 2.3% playoff percent chance, percent chance of making the playoffs, according to Sportsline. I will be handling the post in which I break down the Browns' playoff scenario breach, so please don't bother trying to claim it or do it. Can I
3: point out something? Uh Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who... Now covers the NFL. He used to cover the Browns and the Steelers, incidentally. Oh, old, oh, old colleague. Yeah, way back in the day. He tweeted on Sunday afternoon after the game that the Browns didn't expect this to be like an eleven-win season. They knew this was part of the building process, and the implication was there's a chance old oh, Freddie Outhouse might come back, which would only delay any success this team might have. So I don't under I don't know uh, under what pretense you would bring Freddie Kitchens back because he is. The only reason this team is as terrible as it is, I mean, you can talk about Miles Garrett swinging helmets and all that. The team won last week without Miles Garrett. They should have won. They could have won this week. I don't know if they should have won. They were up ten nothing, and then everything went sideways.
0: Did you did you watch did you watch this game every play? I mean, what happened? Because they were up ten nothing. I was sort of like, all right, I'm in a good spot with this Browns bet. I think the, the offense
3: wasn't clicking, and that's in part due to the Steelers defense being as good as it is. But here's here's what happened from the Steelers' perspective: they kept running the ball on the first few series with Duck Hodges, and finally, when they were down ten nothing, they said, "Okay, we got to open it up," and you just start throwing BBs all over the place to James Washington. I do think it's funny that James Washington has great rapport with Duck Hodges, even though he played the last eight years with Mason Rudolph.
0: It's unbelievable. He like. Like, you know, the shower narrative, that's what they call it in fantasy. It's when you, it's when you went to school with a guy, like, so, you know, you, you, you showered together or whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, Mason Rudolph and James Washington, like, I mean, how many catches, how many catches did he have for Mason Rudolph in college? Like 400 and he just yeah. can't get on the same page with him at the pros. And then like Duck Hodges slides in, he's just catching everything. Four catches, 111 yards at a touchdown for James Washington. Uh, Benny Still, 16 carries, 63 yards at a touchdown. He is somebody I would look at for your, uh, for your fantasy playoff run because of, uh, his, his status with the Steelers. Who knows if he, you know, is actually. By the way, can I point out, um,
3: Mike Tomlin should secretly be in the, in the running for coach of the year. This team was 0-3. They've won seven of nine. And this this team they put out there, this offensive squad, that is a practice squad unit other than the offensive line. Duck Hodges, James Conner's out, Marquise Pouncey's out. They had Dean Kane, uh, Deion Kane, excuse me, who was cut by the Colts. They had Tevin Jones. Can anyone tell me where Tevin Jones went to college? I don't even know where he went to college.
0: Uh, Western Kentucky. Is
3: that true? I have no idea. Uh, I, think so. well, I was going to say, good guess. You should have gone with it. Um, Deontay Johnson, the th- third-round pick was out there. James Washington, their second-round pick from a year ago. No Juju Smith-Schuster. They don't throw to the tight ends anymore. And it was all on the defense, and Duck Hodges made a few throws, and, and you know, the Browns browned it up.
2: Memphis, by the way. Um, I know the Steelers won, so I'm not trying to, like, dunk on Ryan the Steelers, but I did like that when they ben- bench Mason Rudolph, uh, Mike Tallman's explanation was uh, Hodges hasn't killed us, and then – the Steelers are losing, are winning this game twenty thirteen midway through the through the fourth quarter, and on the first play of their drive that they're going to try to salt away the game, he throws this deep bomb by twenty, overthrows it by twenty yards, and it gets picked off. And I was like, "Duck!" That is literally the one thing that Mike Tallman said you would not do, and you literally just did it. And they ended up surviving, but I found that humorous.
0: Um, I agree. By the way, the uh, there were multiple players, as I mentioned, with the Steelers who. Not to circle back to the Freddie Kitchens shirt, but it is hilarious. Uh, Ramon Foster was asked about it after the game as well. I know our coach would have never done anything like that. Why throw gas?
4: Uh, I know I said I want to answer, but when you do something like that, you throw your players in harm's way.
0: Uh, he's not on the field. You throw your players in harm's way when you do stuff like that with a uh I hate that for them. I am annoyed that that Freddie Kitchen like this clearly motivated the Steelers.
3: Let me ask you this, like, the shirt is sort of funny and I don't care about it. But why would you wear it on Friday? Why not wear it, like, wear it on the plane ride home today when you win? It it's mean-
2: one, it's one of those things, it's like the shoes, the Joker shoes and stuff. It's like, if you're winning, it's fine, it's entertaining, no one cares. But you can't do this when you're a 5 and 16 that is already below expectations because you know, if you do lose the game, it's gonna be turned into a talking point. So it's like, I agree with Freddie Kitchens, that's not the reason why they lost. But you have to be smart enough to understand that if you do this and you lose, it's going to turn into the main narrative. And it seems like this entire year, that's what the, the Browns just don't have like any awareness of their perception. And maybe that doesn't matter in terms of football, but it matters in the way we talk about them. And they can't expect to do this kind of stuff, play sloppy football and get outplayed by teams that they have more talent than, and then not to talk
3: about it. By the way, you know who the model citizen is for how to pull this thing off? My boy Matt Patricia. After the Super Bowl, he wears the Roger Goodell clown shirt. After they won, prancing off down the steps of the at the uh, at the airplane, and everyone had a good laugh except Roger Goodell. Mm. Except now that AB's been suspended, Bob Kraft can't make that phone call and ask Roger Goodell to read AB without without any issue.
0: But that's how you do it. You win the Super Bowl, then you can make fun of whoever you want to make fun of. Right. You don't show up to a like media day in a Roger Goodell clown shirt like like before the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm with you. I mean, it it, it is a it's just the definition of the Browns being sloppy. It's what they do. They screw things up all the time. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We will run through a bunch of other football games. Being out sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first Black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different "what if" moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Kansas City Chiefs annihilated the Oakland Raiders 40-9. to The Chiefs easily covered the 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16, whatever you want to say it was. Spread the uh, the the over. Pushed. It opened at, uh, I think it closed at 49, opened at 50. So you could have gotten it 50, um, and you would have hit the under. A bunch of late garbage points got it to a push, too. The, uh, the Chiefs actually blocked an extra point and returned it to the house to get two points. To to make it up an even forty nine, the Raiders were, for some reason weren't taking knees, even though they were down thirty eight to three. Like he should just run the ball and get out of there. Gruden's throwing the end zone; they score a touchdown. Uh, Mahomes has a okay day, Uh fifteen of twenty nine for one hundred seventy five yards, one touchdown. He also rushed a uh, touchdown in there. Second career game with a pass TD and a rush TD. Also his second straight game with fewer than two hundred yards passing. It's almost like he's statistically regressing. Um, those are. His only two games in his career where he's under 200 passing yards. Um, Andy Reid, off the bye. Andy Reid, off the bye. Andy Reid, covers off the bye. 18-3, and three, straight up. Pretty good. Um, and the Chiefs, I think, breach, have sufficiently salted away the division now.
1: Yeah, I feel like this was the most predictable game of the entire season. We really talked all week about... There was a 100% chance that Andy Reid was going to win off the bye and that Derek Carr was going to completely choke in this game. He looked horrible the last time these two teams played earlier in the season, and there was no reason to think he was going to play any weather better. I also love that Jack Del Rio called him out earlier this week and said he hates playing in cold weather. Then he has to come out and play a cold-weather game, and what happens? He falls flat on his face. I mean, how did the Chiefs win with Patrick Mahomes only throwing for 175 yards? Because Derek Carr played like Derek Carr uh you you put the win in charge of him, he has to keep up with the chiefs. It's just not going to happen. He threw a pick six uh he threw two interceptions in this game. they were both ugly interceptions, and it, that this is just the reality out haters are facing I, I mean if I'm John Gruden, I'm calling my real estate agent and making sure that Derek Carr isn't living next to me in Las Vegas, so that it's not awkward whenever I decide to get rid of him in the next year or two um. Because I think if there's anything we've learned about the Raiders in the past few weeks, I mean, look, they've scored 12 points in the past two weeks mm-hmm. against the Jets and the Chiefs. That's six points per game. I know you hate math, Wilson. So I, I just don't see how anyone thinks that the, I, the Raiders are out of the playoff race. That's it. We can. Well, the, Raiders gun- suck. the Raiders but There suck, is man. no way they're getting in the playoffs. They're terrible.
0: Clip it. They lost games, consecutive games by 30 plus points for the first time since 1961. Derek Carr, 20 of 30 for 222 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Somehow, 7.4 yards. I don't know how this guy does it. It's unbelievable. He doesn't throw one ball down the field. He finishes 7.4 yards per attempt. It's incredible. He's a magician. He's a YPA magician. Uh, the Raiders have just over 9% chance to make the playoffs, according to Sportsline. Uh, Josh Jacobs ran 17 times for 104 yards. I don't know if you guys Listen this whole game. Romo and Nance were calling it. And they, like, R- Nance is being like hilarious in this game. He kept like, so Josh Jacobs crossed over 100 yards and then he got like tackled for a loss. And so he's like, and well, there he loses this game. And then like Jacobs like went back and forth several times and Nance just kept making a joke about it. It was I I just found it, I found it very amusing.
2: Late in the game, it was a four score game and the Raiders were going for a fourth down near midfield and Tony Romo goes, well, I think they gotta pick the stuff to stay in the game. And then right before the snap, Nance yells, this is for the ball game! And like, and yeah. then they, they kick a field goal at the end of the drive and Roma goes, and now it's only a four score game. And Nance points out, well, it was a four score game before, Tony. Yeah. They were at, they were so sarcastic in the entire second half of this game.
0: He told him, he's like, come on, Jim, give us your best call. And he's like, here it is. This is for everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they're clowns. Um, look, we don't wanna, we're don't want we not going to pile on the Raiders because they lost. They lost. They lost to a good football team. It happens. Um, but, yeah. So, I would say,
2: yes? I just want to point out that they're 6-6. Six and six. All six of their wins have come by one score. They now have a negative 87-point differential, which I think is like the fourth or fifth worst in football. Yikes. They are aggressively not good.
3: Also worth noting, before the 34-3 blowout last week at the hands of the Jets, Breach and I will attest, they should have lost to the Bengals the week before that at home. They won 17-10 to against Ryan Finley. This team is not going to the playoffs. So
0: their final four games, worth noting, because the over-under win total for the Raiders, um, whoever's, I think it's Sean's your piece that keeps making that noise. If you want to blame him, folks, who listen. Um, they got the Titans at home this coming week. Probably a loss. I think that's a very bad matchup for them. Uh, then they get the Jaguars at home in week 15. That's the final home game in Oakland history before they move to Vegas, we think. Uh, so they should beat Jacksonville there. That place will be rowdy. I think it will be emotional. Jacksonville's given up on the season. Uh, then they're at the Chargers and at Denver. So there's a chance they could lose out and hit the underwind total. But I think they will probably get the seven, maybe eight wins, uh, which is not a bad step forward in John Gruden's second year. But, you know, it's disappointing to be where they were. Even if it was all smoke and mirrors and not make a playoff run. Uh, Sean, would you like to defend your, your little precious prince, Patrick Mahomes?
2: No, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because I'm probably, I, at least on this podcast, I'm the biggest Patrick Mahomes homer and probably at CBS Sports that I would say in general on Twitter. And I tweeted out his stats the last two games, which is by far his worst stretch with the Chiefs. 59% of his passes completed 5.7 yards per attempt against the Chargers and Raiders, two defenses that aren't exactly good. Uh, so he's not been good the last two weeks. Um, I tweeted that out, and all these Chiefs fans are coming to my mentions talking about how I'm creating a false narrative, and it must be terrible for all these good players to like have these national media guys creating these false things without using real stats. It's just like, dude, like I got in hot water for saying he outplayed Brady in the AMC Championship game. Like I'm not the dude to come after. But you watched how the Texans took apart the Patriots on Sunday night, and I think even though it's a Patriots defense, and I don't know if they're still going to be ranked first after their performance against Houston, I think if there's a good chance he's going to rebound. I think there's openings they can create with their with their speed offensively and get the ball out quick against those linebackers. So I'm, I'm not panicking about it, but it's certainly it's weird because he's looked the most healthy he's looked since he suffered that ankle injury back in week one, to be frank. And his accuracy and the efficiency in this Chiefs offense has completely disappeared the last two weeks.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to read these tweets from... Uh, Chiefs fans.
2: Would you like me to find some or just keep going? I don't. I agree.
3: I don't
0: care either. Uh, moving along. (laughs) Uh, fewest games to 70 career passing touchdowns. Touchdowns Titans 31, Colts 17. The Tennessee Titans cover the game they're uh, 1 point favorites at close a lot of people like the Colts in that spot the over hits in another Titans game which is surprising cuz you don't think of them as like explosively offensive um Derrick Henry 19 fantasy points had another 100 yard game worth monitoring because as you recall last week I told you that when teams play Derrick Henry and he goes off for 100 yards the next week they're now 1 and 6 uh, straight up so keep in mind that with Indianapolis um huge widespread impact uh by the way on on the playoff race and Derrick Henry's last three games 22.7 carries per game 165.3 yards per game five rushing touchdowns this is exactly what he did last year he gets going late in the season and when he's running well Ryan this Titans team is pretty dangerous Ryan Tannehill playing really well too
3: yeah my guy JLC wrote about this and you actually said it last podcast and we sort of laughed at you that Tannehill might be a a uh, perspective, uh, franchise tag guy, given how well he's played, and that's sort of bonkers. On the other side, the Colts, Jacoby Brissett was 25 40, but he had two interceptions. One was a pick six, I believe. Is that right? Two horrific interceptions. And that got me to thinking. And then John can speak to the issues with the kicker that I have to talk about every week about who's available. Cody Parkey, I suppose. But two year deal for Jacoby Brissett before the season. Uh, he'll be signed through 2020. I, I'm seriously thinking from the Colts, I might be looking for a quarterback this offseason, at least someone to sit behind Jacoby Brissett. And Sean's gesticulating because he was basically saying this last week. We made fun of him. He actually's onto something. I hate to admit it, but I don't know if Jacoby Brissett's a long-term answer. And this is a terrible day in the annals of NC State quarterbacks as NFL quarterbacks.
0: Come on. Yeah, you, you hate to see it.
3: You hate to see it.
0: Do we go, do we get sweat this week? Is that what happened? State quarterbacks. Finley got, got Russ. Russell on Monday night. Rivers loses. Rivers loses in incredible fashion. Brissett has a horrible day. State lost to Carolina. So I think if I'm doing the math correctly, um, over the last uh, 10 days or 11 days now, 12 days, whatever it is, NC State quarterbacks are like 0-12. <laughs> They're off two weeks.
3: At least Mike Glennon got in the game against the Jets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, uh, look, it's fair to ask questions about Brissett. He didn't play very well. Their offensive line is still really good. That's the biggest strength of that team. Um, you yeah, you can see it. They, I mean, they, they should have won that game, by the way. Like, the Colts should have won that game. Everyone agrees with that, right? I do not. I do not. Okay. Why?
3: Well, I mean, they had the pick six, they had the interception, the touchdown off, off the block.
0: Block so
1: you take those two away, it's 17-17, it's anyone's game. I wouldn't say the Colts should have won. I felt like it was pretty even.
0: Adam Vinatieri is kicking a, a field goal from for 46 yards in a tie game to go up twenty seventeen, and they block it to the house. And then and Right,
1: and if they don't block it, it's Vinatieri this year, so he probably misses it. And <laughs> then the Titans take over at the 36-yard line in a tie game, Uh give the ball to Derrick Henry 10 times, drive down, kick a field goal, win. And if he does make it, the
2: Titans are only down three, and they have they have five minutes left to go tie the game or win the game.
0: I mean, the culture of 17 seventeen seven in the third quarter. I, I they they should have they should have put away the Titans in this game. Is what I'm saying. They had multiple opportunities to win it, and if you win that game, you know you go from being this team that's six and six and behind the Raiders and behind the because you lost the Raiders at home for that wild card spot. Uh, you're just one game out from behind Pittsburgh, um, but you know you're, you're now two games out of the division. You're basically toast in terms of trying to chase down the, 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 Texans. The Colts have Tampa Bay on the road. They have three of their four remaining games on the road and they've quietly lost four or five games. I, I, you know, I, I just don't know that I would put it all on Brissett. I just thought that Marlon Max out, T.Y. Hilton's out. I mean, they don't have a lot of what Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle, George-
3: His knee's still hurt too, but. At some, I mean, he's the quarterback. That's where the Bucs stop. You know
0: you
2: know what I don't like about the school's offense, and I don't know if it's – I don't want to assign all the blame to Brissett. I think probably Frank Reich probably deserves a little bit of blame, and I like Frank Reich, but they don't throw the ball downfield. And it, it's – I said this a couple weeks ago whenever they lost that primetime game. Like, I don't want to watch this team because they are so uninteresting to me. And, yes, a part of it is T.Y. Hilton's not there. And if you look at T.Y., their record without T.Y. Hilton over the last couple of years when he's not there, it's really bad. They've won it's, once. Okay. How Ooh. many times have they lost? A lot, I think it's right? like one and eight. Right. And so the Set, thing
0: – On attempt attempt 20 yards or more down the field, it was intercepted.
2: And the other thing I want to say <laughs> when I was waving at Ryan and he was talking about Brissett might not be the answer. uh Back in August when they gave Brissett that extension – I did not like that idea. And I know it was like, Oh, we want to show this guy we're behind him. You had him under contract for one year. Let him prove that he's worthy of starting and being your franchise quarterback and then reward him after the season. And now now, it's a cheap deal. And I mean I know, I'm just saying that like it but seemed it like they year. were sold on him, and it seems like at the beginning of the year we were also sold on him, and I was praising him along along with everyone else. but I do think this team should go into the offseason trying to locate an upgrade, and you can still keep Brissett around, uh, but I think they got to give themselves another option at quarterback.
1: What about at kicker? because uh, we keep saying this game might have was mostly Brissett's fault, but you have to put it on their special teams. The Colts have somehow lost four games this season mostly because of their kicker or because of their field goal team. And this was one of those things where everything that's happened this season kind of added up. Benatieri missed three field goals in this game, missed a 55-yarder wide right, not a big deal. A lot of kickers missed that kick except for Justin Tucker. But the other thing is he also had a 53-yarder that was partially blocked, and that was because he kicked it low. And so some kickers do that, especially your older you take some trajectory off the ball to make it go further. That's what Venateri was doing. And so you have teams going in there and flying in there and trying to block it because his kicks are low from further back. And then boom, you're trying to 46 yards in the game. And that's basically what happened. The Titans knew that he's sending out blockable kicks. And I would think if you put the blocks on anyone, obviously the Colts line needs a block better, but it's on Venateri as much as anyone on that special teams unit. And so, if you're the Colts, you literally no matter how Jacoby Brissett has looked, he's looked good at times, he's looked bad at times. But if they had a competent field goal team, they would be. I mean, you could argue they would be nine and three or four right now. How many? How many games? I
3: I wouldn't even blame Vinatieri or the special teams players. That's like blaming Ryan Finley for being terrible. We were all yelling at Zach Taylor about that. Why on God's earth would you keep bringing Vinatieri back week after week when you know exactly how it's going to end? I, I, I do not know because there's no better option. Cody Parkey. Clearly there has to be.
0: I also feel, I mean, look, I'm not trying to be a homer for Jacoby Brissett here, but I do think, homer. Ryan, well, Ryan mentioned the injury, but, I mean, like, look, I mean, he's averaging, like, five yards per attempt since his knee injury. Like, he had an NCL sprain. I think that's so, it's just, he's an MCL sprain. His number one receiver's missing. His number one running back's missing. Harris uh, Campbell's missing, too. Harris Campbell's missing. His, is, uh, you know, Eric Ebron's on IR. I mean, like everyone's gone. He's banged up. The defense isn't very good. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I think too much is being put on Brissett. I tweeted out that the Colts were 100% going to miss um, the playoffs because of the the special teams. And somebody was like, "What about Brissett and the defense?" I, mean, I was like, I didn't mean that he's to sort of blame for it. I'm just saying they're like 100%. Like they lost. They've lost multiple games because their special teams are bad. Um and that, look, that's your fault. But
2: that but that's also indicative of the team because 'cause we've talked about it before. Every game they play seems to come down to one or two plays because they're playing all these tight games. And sure. the sign of good teams is that you can put away a few good teams. And outside of that Jacksonville game, they just haven't really put away anybody.
0: Uh do you think the Colts are dead in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean they've one game <laughs> they've lost to the Steelers, they've lost to the Raiders. But they're just one game back with four weeks to go. They're not like so that's a lot. Of,
1: that's a lot of tiebreakers that hurt. Yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. I just like how Maddie got at the question.
0: Salted. I would even ask it.
1: <laughs> and the Colts are also five and six in the conference, which would be the final tiebreaker for a three-way tie or something. And that is right now hands down the worst among everybody in the top eight, kind of fighting for that sixth spot.
0: All right, Colts are dead men walking.
1: Dead men walking, Brinson. Can I throw out one Derek Henry fun fact real quick? Okay. Yeah. With 149 yards today, he is just the fifth player in NFL history to rush for at least 145 yards and a touchdown in three straight games. The other four to do it were all Hall of Famers, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, O.J. Simpson, and Adrian Peterson.
0: That's a, that's a fun fact. The Dolphins beat the Eagles. Oh, no, Debo. The Dolphins cover the plus 10. Obviously, the over of 45 hit very easily. Ryan Fitzpatrick went nuts. I believe that Fitzpatrick... Um, if you use Fitzpatrick in Daily Fantasy, and perhaps, I don't know, Sean, stacked it with Devontae Parker! Rub it into
2: Ryan, man. I, I'm kind of rooting for this because I find it funny.
0: My man, Devontae Parker goes bananas in this game. Our slaggy. A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas.
2: bananas. <laughs> <laughs> let's still <let's> clip that. <laughs> That's a new intro song, by the way, to the pod. <laughs>
0: Parker, seven catches on 10 targets, 159 yards. Two touchdowns and he said after, if it's coming to me, I'm getting it. That's my ball. That's how I feel. I feel like you guys owe me $100 a hundred bucks apiece for this Parker Watkins bet. That's how happy I am about hey, it. Hey, you can
3: say how well Watkins played, though.
0: I was gonna say, did you
3: say don't look, Brenson. I'll give you a hint. Sammy Watkins was targeted three times. <laughs> what do you think came of it? Zero yards. Zeros across the
0: board. That guy <laughs>
3: He should be ashamed of himself. He's not even trying.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. Uh, I wish, I wish I had like some better bet on like, uh, like Devontae Parker having a big game. Like, I, like, this is one of the all time great calls and I'm just not going to get very much credit for it. Um, well, no, because you're one for
3: 47 right now and the one, <laughs> one is Devontae Parker. Parker's the 46 are all the state quarterbacks that are
0: now laying eggs. Parker is 16th in the NFL in receiving yards now. How is
3: this happening? <laughs> I don't understand. See, I'm rooting for it at this point because Ryan is saying it's, will it's funny, by it. but it's, it, you have to admit, Sean, this is insane. <laughs>
2: hey, Jay Cutler called it two years ago when he said this guy's a faster version of Alshon Jeffrey. He actually looked like a better version of Alshon Jeffrey with the amount of catch, like the kind of catches he's making. He's not open. You know what I mean? Like he's not gaining separation. He's just going out and out bodying these guys for it.
0: He was also sitting on my bench. Devontae Parker has 256 more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill.
3: And he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing on the ball. Imagine he, if you had made that bet
2: before the year, that Parker would, would have more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill.
3: He he
0: be, the he odds
2: that be. Ryan would have given you on that.
0: Um, Sammy Watkins, by the way, 538 receiving yards on the season. Devon- I want
2: those 11 rushing yards.
0: Devontae, I'll give it to you now. Devonte Parker, 854 receiving yards. What's well, gonna be awkward is when one of these guys gets hurt down the stretch and like the, the other side is like celebrating it. Like Sean, I can see celebrating Devontae Parker injury. Like, haha, we don't have to hear Brinson anymore. Uh, Breach, very important. What happened on the trick play? Did a punter Ooh. throw it to a kicker? That was a
1: fantastic trick play, and you know what's funny is that, like, if any team should be lo- looking for a trick play, hello, you ran a Philly special in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and a team comes out and a formation that you see maybe once every ten years in the NFL, you absolutely have to be ready for something crazy to happen. So, you have the center and the holder is holder slash punter is lined up directly behind the center about five yards back. Then you have six guys who are about. 15 yards out left, and four more guys who are 15 yards out right, and it was total nonsense. The Eagles, the thing is, they actually played it well, except that uh, Jason Sanders, the kicker, was lined out as a receiver far, 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 far left, and I guess they assumed – the Dolphins aren't stupid enough to run a trick play with their holder throwing it to the kicker because no one would ever do that. They probably thought it was going to be go to. Uh, there's like three eligible guys that could get the pass on this play, and somehow Sanders just kind of skipped to the back of the end zone, was wide open, and this is my favorite special teams play of all time.
0: Um, I'm gonna see hey, this. can I ask? Uh... Oh, let me see. I get this. Sorry. This is Christian Wilkins after the. Uh... <laughs> oh, you can't. See, you can't hear. You can't hear him, but he's pointing at the Eagles defenders and he's laughing hilariously. <laughs> <laughs>
2: When in, in in the Eagles offense, when they were lining up for this play, I was like thinking you better not snap this because it looked exactly not exactly, but it looked very similar to that Colts fake punt there. I remember that's maybe the worst play in NFL history. And as soon as they snapped it, I was like, oh, my God, no, no, no. And then suddenly it's like, oh, my God, yes. And yeah. like if you look at the two plays synced up, it looks really similar, actually.
3: As you're reenacting Chuck Pagano's reaction to watching that play live, he goes, oh, that's how it's supposed to be done. <laughs>
0: Here's the, uh, here's the call of that, by the way. The putter takes the snap. And in the touch. The end zone for the touchdown to the place kicker, Come Jason on. Sanders. Come on. Oh man. I believe that is, uh, Kenny Albert and, uh, Rondi Barber, my second favorite Barber brother.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Um, Debo, you were at the game. Is that right?
4: <laughs> Unfortunately. Let me, oh. let me ask you.
3: <laughs> I want to ask Debo. So the Eagles were up ten nothing. I'm sure Debo probably felt good then. And then to start early in the third quarter, they were up twenty eight to fourteen. And I turned away, and when I turned back, it was like twenty eight to thirty four. So how did the third and fourth quarter, like how did that unfold for you? Like the slow death by a thousand <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick dump offs. Jeez, Ryan.
4: <laughs> the uh, Devonte Parker didn't help either. See?
0: What a hellscape for Devo. He's like, Brinson probably yelling about the now.
4: Yeah, that's, that's my worst nightmare.
3: But <laughs> well, you felt good like things. at
0: the start of the third quarter,
3: right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And they tried the onside kick, didn't work out. You hold a 15 point lead against the Dolphins. You're gonna win that game. You should win that game if you're a good team. And they're just not a good team right now. That was a uh, miserable experience. Devo, what was, what went through your head when the Dolphins ran that crazy trick play? Oh. I, why not call a timeout? Sean makes a good point where the, the Colts play did not work, but it was the first half. Why not use a timeout and just collect yourselves? You had three. There's four minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. Call a timeout.
0: I mean, the Dolphins, the Dolphins scored four touchdowns. No, three, they scored 24 points in the second half. That is unbelievable. Well, the worst part,
3: well, one of the worst parts is that the, The uh, Cowboys laid an egg. So this was there for the taking. They were up by 14 in the second half against the friggin' Dolphins. (laughs) And then, you know, the wheels fell off.
2: I was going to ask you, uh, do you still think this comes down to the, is it week 16 Cowboys-Eagles,
4: or are you off the Eagles train completely? I, I should be, but it sadly still might come down to that. Like, I could see the Cowboys losing in the next two weeks, but the Eagles at this point could lose to the, so the Redskins or Giants, that's not out of the rim of possibility at all.
0: Yeah. Was this a bad win for the Dolphins?
3: Yeah. They they moved – actually, they, the win because the uh, – they moved back to fourth, so they didn't have the fourth pick. The worst wins, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, the Steelers and the and the Texans. Yeah. Because now they have the 21st and 22nd picks along with the fourth pick. Two was
0: hurt. Steelers and the – Steelers-Texans AFC Championship game is not ideal for the Dolphins. <laughs> <day. laughs> no. Uh, I mean,
2: credit to Brian Flores, though. I mean, we're talking about sleeper coach of the year candidates. He's won three more games than we thought they had a chance of winning.
0: You're panicked if you took the Dolphins under, right? I think it was like three and a half or four and a half.
3: But what about this, though? Wouldn't this team be better with Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil right now? Yeah, but you got us. Yeah, but Minka wasn't happy there. Yeah, because they, I mean, they were misusing him.
0: And winning fixes a lot of things. Yeah. I've been told. Also that. wanted the contract, and I just didn't. I don't think he's on the timing of their schedule. Okay. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to be good next year because they've blown it up so much that there's not, not going to be. They're blowing it up to get. They're tanking for Trevor.
1: Yeah, who's going to be their quarterback next year? Fitzpatrick one more year. Yeah, got
0: to bring him back. They're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick killed and like bring in like Chad Henney so they can actually lose some games. They don't need. They don't need Fitzpatrick messing around. They had Josh Rosen sitting right there. They benched him. I'm bringing Ryan Finley. No, 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 they don't care about winning games now. They want to lose other games
3: next year. They should trade for Ryan Finley and sign Phillip Rivers. That 0 oh. oh and 16.
1: <laughs>
0: or they could sign Andy Dalton. He hit the Bengals out to an 0 8 start this year.
1: Do you know what's
3: crazy? <laughs> Is
0: it the
1: Dolphins are three and nine, and they could conceivably uh win maybe the rest of their games. They, they play the the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, and then Week 17 against the Patriots. And if the Patriots only need to play for. They could win it, like. They could go seven and nine and all that talk about tanking. And then Sean's coach of the year vote does go to Flores.
0: The Patriots are gonna have plenty to play for in week seventeen. I hate to bring it. Reach thinks no one plays
3: in week seventeen except the team he's talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just on. Oh so yeah. Well, uh, Who would you guys do you think do you think the Cowboys right now to win the division? Yeah. Who are the Cowboys playing next week? Bears. The
3: Bears.
2: And There's then the, the Rams. Team. Yeah. And, what I one, and that's Fifty one
3: percent chance of them
1: to win the division. So, I Jason think uh, the Eagles, though, have such an easy schedule. They just lost to the Dolphins? Well, yeah. is it easy? <laughs> yeah, but the Dolphins are a uh, bulldozer. They're just running people over. They've won three of five games.
0: Oh, the Redskins have won two in a row. If uh, only the true. Dolphins didn't play this week, the Eagles would be sitting pretty. Devo's prediction is Cowboys 66, Eagles 34. Now, that's the sports, <laughs> sports line. That's what? That's sports line. Oh, are your playoff percentage chance. I thought you were saying the score of their game when they play. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Week 16 score will be. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll take the under. Uh, Dolphins. This is the most points scored by a Dolphins team since 2015. And the Dolphins, who scored uh, where they scored, 37, had 26 points in the first four weeks of the season.
2: Adam Gates never scored more than 37. I mean, this guy, this coach.
0: He never scored. Yeah, yeah, never scored more than thirty. Jets are right. on fire now, though. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> anyway, that was the first touchdown pass between a punter and a place kicker in either direction in the Super Bowl era. So that's exciting. Uh, and and Sanders is the first place kicker to catch a touchdown since who? Breach.
1: Jim Turner. Boom. What year?
0: 1977. Boom. <laughs> Savage. You got reverse dunked on. Like that? Uh right. Devontae Parker has tied his career high for receiving, or yeah, made his career high for receiving touchdowns in a season. And I mentioned he has 895 receiving yards in the year. That is preposterous to me. More, that's, that's Crab way ragging. more impressive than throwing
3: 50 touchdowns in a season, running, rushing for 2000 yards. The fact that he has 800 plus yards receiving.
0: He's going to double up Sammy Watkins. Yeah, of course he is. Sammy's terrible. <laughs> Sammy Watkins is a poor, he's a homeless man's Devontae Parker. He's a-
3: yeah, I don't. I mean, that's disrespectful to Devonte Parker to compare him to Sammy Watkins.
0: Devontae Parker's going to win some fantasy titles too. Great, looking forward to it. <laughs> I can't wait. He did
2: great on my bench today.
0: Hey, what about Greg Rosenthal uh, floated this? I like this idea. Devonte Parker for comeback of the year, comeback player of the year awards. I mean, in second place. He's not coming back from anything. He's just like, yeah, he is he's come back from being terrible for four straight years. <laughs> he's got the, oh my god, he's the Jets, Giants, Bengals, and then in week seventeen the Patriots who won't care about anything.
1: That was
2: an
3: all-timer. (laughs) He's
0: going to go for 800. He's going to double up just in the Patriots game. (laughs) Uh, Dolphins are owed seven through the first seven weeks, three and two, the last five weeks, averaging 24.6 points per game. Hmm. Um, Bengals 22, Jets six. Congratulations, Zach Taylor. You've been dunked on with a big bath at Gatorade after you got your first win. Your first career win as a head coach came after Thanksgiving. And you started the season with the team, Andy Dalton, the top fantasy performer, 15 points. Bengals covered the plus two and a half, obviously, the under hit. Um, and, uh, you know, look, if you're Andy Dalton, how could you not be extremely excited about everything that's going on with Cincinnati?
4: You know, it's, uh, this is what we worked all, you know, all off season and uh, and all year for. I mean, uh, obviously we've been in a tough situation this whole year and I haven't found a way to win. And so, I mean, it's very rewarding to get this thing done today.
0: Yep, that's right. Worked all off season and all year to beat the to beat the Jets, uh, twenty two to six. The Jets became the first team in NFL history to lose to multiple teams who are zero and seven or worse in the same year. Incredible! They lost the zero and eleven Dolphins. I mean, the zero eleven Bengals this week, and the zero and seven Dolphins a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> excuse you, Ryan. This is, uh. Sorry. sorry, I hit the wrong mute button. My bad. Sorry. I reverse muted it, like reverse tanking or reverse muted it. Is that how badly you cough every time you hit mute? Maybe. I have this dry cough. It's a whole thing. I apologize. Tyler Boyd, five catches, $59 at a touchdown. Um, he looked finally active again in that game. Sam Darnold threw 48 times and in the, in the Jets scored six points. I mean, I don't know, Breach. You tell me who should I be more impressed with, the Bengals were playing well or that should we, or should we just bury the Jets here? Who day? who
1: they, Who they think going to beat them Bengals? This team is undefeated in the month of December. You never thought you'd be able to say that about the Cincinnati Bengals. If we threw out the rest of the season and only counted the standings for the final month, which is the most pivotal month in the NFL, they would be in a playoff race right now. Uh, but honestly, to answer your question, Brenton, the big concern here is the Jets. How? I, I think I read somewhere, and to go back to the article we talk about from the preseason all the time, that Adam Gase literally sleeps in his office to come up with game plans well he topped that because apparently he skipped thanksgiving with his family What's... to come up with a game plan to beat the bangles this is what you skip thanksgiving for like was he <laughs> shoving turkey in his mouth while coming up with his game plan was he rubbing pumpkin pie on his body like i was because this was the most atrocious performance i have ever seen from a team that looked Hot. I mean, they were the last three weeks, they've scored 34 points and three straight games. Their offense was on a roll and they came out. And this was just an absolute dud. I mean, last week we were talking about how we were shocked. The Jets were only a three and a half point favorite. And, you know, I expected the Bengals come out with some fire because Andy Dalton got his job back. You're going for your first win. So it's kind of like your Super Bowl. It's we need to win right now. This is our best chance. It's a home game. But Adam Gase, it looked like these guys didn't practice all week. It's like he gave them the game plan five minutes before the game and said, all right, this is what we're running. And the thing is, the Jets, the Jets couldn't stop anything the Bengals defense did. The Bengals were giving up more yards than any other team in the NFL this year. This is this should have been an easy 350-yard game for Sam Darnold. Not a get sacked four times, only throw for 239 yards, and give up a safety game. So this was just—I mean, the Jets are a disaster. Brinson, you mentioned the crazy stat of losing to a 2-0 and seven teams or worse. Uh, yeah, so I would be more concerned with the Jets. For the Bengals, it's just to feel good. You still get the number one pick. You finish one and fifteen or two and fourteen, you're happy.
3: Breach, who's the worst coach in your mind? Zach Taylor or Adam Gase?
1: I would rather have Zach Taylor. Mm. I, I said it. Can we Easy. go around around the horn on that? Easy. Okay. Adam Adam Gase in
2: his coaching career has a negative 319 point differential.
3: Again with the point differentials.
2: On average of a game he coaches in the NFL, he's getting outscored by more than five points per game. That is horrendous. He's well, actually, terrible.
3: Using that math, I would imagine Zach Taylor's point differential is worse per game.
0: I, I don't I don't understand why you crap on point di- differential. Well, that's how Sean brings up his point
3: differential.
2: what's well, it's a very indicative of a coach who's
0: not very good. It's, the, it's a cumulative measure of whether you're outscoring your opponents in a game where
3: you— I understand how it works. But if that's all Sean's going to say, we don't even need Sean here. We can just have a chart with point differentials of each team. No,
2: I'd add that up because they don't accumulate that. Oh, all
3: right. We need him to do the math. Okay. Fair enough. Then I mean, that's why we need Sean. Yeah. I, I mean, I would take Zach Taylor for the upside. I mean, like, I don't want Adam Gase. What is the upside? Because the only reason I think, John would agree with this, that Andy Don't got his job back is because the higher ups didn't want to go 0 and 16. He was all set to stick with Ryan Finley. You take Adam Gase? I would think I would just rather not have a coach.
2: <laughs> well, that. Not, that's cheating. I would rather. I would pick that option too, right?
3: Yeah. I would take. I mean, yes. I guess Zach Taylor because you, you, you like the lesser of the two evils. Something else I was thinking about though, watching this game.
0: I'd, and, hire, Adam, I'd hire Adam Gage just so I could ask him about tacos. <laughs> if he worked for me, you would have to answer. Him. I'd be like, tell me about the tacos, man. But can we agree that we don't need
3: eight games a year, two years to tell if a coach is good? We can tell in about two or three games because all these guys that we're still talking about after the from the beginning of the season are terrible coaches. Probably should get fired. Freddie Kitchens, Zach Taylor, Matt Patricia, who else is getting fired? Uh, Doug Marone for years. I mean, this, he actually won some football games a few years ago. Um, Dan Quinn hasn't done a good job this year, but I feel like some of the new coaches, we see them after two or three games, like, okay, it's clear this guy's overmatched and maybe we should get to the point where, we, all right, fire this guy in, in October and let's reset instead of waiting him out to, we have to, you know, take another year and a
0: half to figure out the, figure out the, the,
3: putting the team on the right path.
0: Hey, so what was the thing with Matt Rule and the Jets? By the way, um, um, he wanted to bring his own staff,
3: I believe, and they said no. And he said, "I'm out." That's my recollection. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember.
0: He said, "I don't want to say anything about that job." At the end of the day, I'm never going to be in an arranged marriage. I'm never going to be. I'm never. I'm never going to subcontract out jobs for offense and defense. I'm always going to hire people I believe in, and they're going to do things our way. Matt Rule's got like Baylor headed towards the pack, like the Big Twelve championship. Like, imagine if they'd hired. He's gonna be a hot coaching candidate named this offseason. Imagine if they'd hired him instead of Adam Gase. Well, I mean, who was up? Who else
3: was anyone else up for the Browns job, other than Greg Williams? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he was getting a lot of offers, so you don't know if he was gonna right. take that one. Didn't Mike Sherman want it? But our Br- Mike Sherman, and Bruce Arians were both interested, but the Browns didn't contact either of them. Imagine Bruce Arians was coaching that Browns team. My God, they'd be undefeated. <laughs> and let's
2: also remember the Bengals couldn't hire a defensive coordinator. It took them months. Everyone kept saying no.
1: And that defense held the Jets to six points. That's <laughs> more know. of an indictment on Adam Gase. Yeah. The team with no defensive coordinator just shut down the Jets. That, it, it's just – oh, and I want to give a shout-out to Andy Dalton because he set the uh-huh. Bengals' franchise record – for most touchdown passes, which I'm only noting because this team, not only did they bench him on his birthday, they benched him one touchdown pass short of breaking the team's franchise record, which just kind of sums up the whole entire organization. Um Hey, Breach, how many touchdown passes were dropped today? Two. So he could have – his numbers would have been better. By the way, I want to go
3: back through every snap, and I'm willing to do this. In all of the drop passes, I'm counting this yardage towards Sean's tattoo because they sure. should have been caught. Sure. <laughs> sure. Ryan, Ryan,
2: if you want to put in the work of watching all those Bengals games instead of <laughs> eating a jar of mayonnaise, go, go do it.
0: <laughs> Ryan's, Ryan's all season is going to consist of watching Andy Dalton snaps, Sammy Watkins snaps. I, got, I <laughs> found 300 hidden yards for Sammy. <laughs> Not a joke. Redskins 29 Panthers 21 I Ron Rivera this is a bad bad loss the Panthers had 14 nothing in the first five minutes of this game I didn't score again until a garbage time touchdown later Ron Rivera asked about it afterwards said I'm not worried about my future I'm worried about this football team we have a game coming up on Sunday Darius Geis was awesome in this game. He ran the ball really well, looked very healthy, like he was finally back from that injury. Um, you know, he tore his ACL in the preseason last year and then had, had another knee thing. Uh, 10 carries, 129 yards. Adrian Peterson, 13 carries, 99 yards. So to be clear, the Carolina Panthers led 14 nothing in the first quarter. The Redskins then proceeded to average 8.3 yards per carry for the entire game. How the hell is that even possible? Like, if you're up 14 points, the other team should be throwing. Darius Geis attempted 25 passes. Kyle Allen had more completions. How can you throw 46 times when you're up 14 nothing in the first quarter? This is a humiliating effort for Ron Rivera's defense. I think it probably sealed the, sealed his fate in Carolina, uh, Ryan, and I think that, that we will be looking at a new Carolina Panthers coach this offseason.
3: Agreed. I feel like this, this loss is way more embarrassing than the Eagles going to Miami and losing. This is at home. The Redskins are a truly terrible offense. Like, the the Dolphins can get hot. They have Devontae Parker. We all know that. So anything can happen with him out there. But um Dwayne Haskins ain't playing great. He was 13 for 25. Didn't have any interceptions, but I guess it's a good thing. But I mean,
0: 8.3 yards per carry. <laughs> is that good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson had 99 yards on 13 carries. Adrian Peterson is a washed-up old man, and I wouldn't dare say that to his face because he t- petrifies me. But – um yeah, what do you think, Sean? Time to be done? For O'Ro is Bill Callahan gonna save his job? I mean the the
2: problem is that who do you I mean, yes, I think he's gone because of the ownership situation and I just think he will want to bring in his guy instead of riding with the guy he inherited. The question I always have is who's who's next? And they also have to figure out what are they doing with their quarterback situation? Are they bringing back Cam? Are they keeping Kyle Allen and drafting someone else? Or are they gonna play Will Greer down the stretch? So like, I understand why they'd move on from Ron Rivera, but there's a lot of hard questions they have to answer that lack easy answers.
0: So David Tepper, look at the analytics and realize he can unite the fan bases in North Carolina by signing Phillip Rivers as a free agent and spotting one great final playoff run for Rivers. This team is two games better than the Washington
3: Redskins in the standings. That's how terrible they are. They're, they're last in the NFC South.
2: Our boss, EK, by the way, was Googling Redskins playoff scenario, so...
0: No, he was not. That's
2: the state of the way He tweeted it. <laughs>
0: oh, That's bad. Redskins have won back to back games for the first time since, uh, last season when they won three games. Uh, 29 points is the most they've scored in a game since week three of 2018. So that, Coming together. They still haven't won a home game in like, gonna they going to do what they beat the Lions last week. That's right. Um, look, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, and by the way, the Panthers have lost four straight games. Kyle Allen didn't look terrible. You just can't have him thrown 46 times. So. Well,
2: That's the last bad. play of the game was
0: a horrible, horrible. A microcosm of the whole game. A horrible mess. Buccaneers, Jags. We'll, we'll have more to talk about Ron Rivera. This that game, you don't to know about that game. Buccaneers, 28, Jags, 11. The Bucks covered minus three. It closes minus three. They were my best bet of the week. The under 46 and a half hit. That was the overs part of our parlay. Um, I tweeted out that you should probably watch out for that and take the under instead because of weather conditions. It was very windy. In fact, Peyton Barber was a top fantasy performer. Bucks hammer the Jags and Jameis Winston, Mike Evans do nothing. Minshew took over mid game. Pete Prisco said, um, I you said, by the way, one thing I didn't appreciate is all the booing today. You got guys put their hearts out there every play, every game, and nobody deserves that. I hated how that was. Uh, Nick Falls called it a not an easy game, a tough situation. It's a trial, and the trials keep coming. It's not easy, but I know where my heart is and where my faith is and what I'm going to lean on in this time. You never want to go through it. It's difficult, but you know what? I'm going to look at the bright side and keep my head held high. P.S. I have a Super Bowl ring. Suck it, losers. Um, he didn't obviously say that. Are we done with Doug Marone in Jacksonville Breach?
1: Yes. You know what's funny is I think that Doug Marone, or at least Tom Coughlin, every time Nick Foles threw a stupid pass today, which was almost every pass he threw in the game, I felt like that was one little uh, nail being nailed into their coffin as people who are going to stay in Jacksonville. Because look, they invested a lot of money in him, and this was rock bottom. This was the disaster that can get everyone fired. Nick Foles came out and the Jaguars turn the ball over on their first three possessions. You had Nick Foles throw an interception on the opening possession. Okay, maybe he'll get better on the next possession, right? Nope. Strip sack, and the Bucs return it for a touchdown. So now all of a sudden it's 13-0 because the Bucs scored after Foles' interception. Nick Foles gets the ball back. You know what? Maybe he'll bring us back in the game. Nope. Strip sack again. Bucs recover it. That is three turnovers within the first quarter of, Buck scored after every single one. It was 22 nothing, and they should have just benched Foles after the first quarter and then cut him, give him a $60 million parting gift, and just roll with Minshew for the rest of the season. There's no reason to keep Marone. There's no reason to keep Foles. Uh, just go Minshew. You have nothing to lose. I don't care what the contract is.
0: Conversely, Ryan, we have Davis Winston, Bruce Arians back in Tampa Bay now. Five games.
3: I mean, it certainly feels like it. I mean, the great irony with Jacksonville is that they spent all offseason – Trying not to get a young quarterback and they bring in Nick Foles, he's going to get everyone fired. Um, juxtapose that with Jameis Winston, who seems to be sort of figuring things out as much as Jameis can figure something out in, in Bruce Arians' offense. Look, the team's won five games and this team, the way he's played, they're in second have, place. They're in second place in the NFC. Yeah. They, I mean, if you watch Jameis' highlights, you're like, okay, this team hasn't won a game in three years but they're somehow finding a way to do it. They drafted those guys on defense. I think Devin White, the rookie linebacker, scored a touchdown today. Um, So, yeah, I feel like, again, what's plan B? Um, Sean was talking about in terms of the coaching situation in Jacksonville. What's plan B after Jameis other than starting over? I mean, we saw plan B, the quarterback situation after Blake Bortles in Jacksonville, and that somehow turned out worse than Blake Bortles. So I I feel like the only issue is what are you going to have to pay Jameis to get him back?
0: Uh, By the way, first game for Jameis since 2017 where he did not throw a touchdown or an interception in a game. Oh. Uh, first time since 2016, the Bucks have won when Jameis did that. I think, I mean, look, I think this is a situation where Jameis has to be willing to take a little bit less. You got to do some sort of bridge the deal. The Bears are going to pay him $35 million. No,
2: I was going to say, please go back to Tampa Bay. Please take less. So Stay look, with Bruce Arians, please. Final
0: four, their final four games, three are at home. They have Indianapolis at home, at Detroit, Houston at home and at Atlanta. They could easily finish nine and seven. Not easily. They're five and seven. They can go eight, eight and eight. They're gonna win out. It wouldn't be shocking if they went if they won out.
1: And, and they also had that crazy loss to the Giants at thirty-two thirty one where Daniel Jones uh led that comeback. The loss we talk about every week where they got screwed over on the block field that was returned for a touchdown against the Titans. Like, this is a team that probably could have won ten or eleven games if you literally change two plays on the whole entire season, so I, I don't think Princeton's that crazy to say they could go nine and seven, right? Um, exactly. But yeah. that's not going to get you anywhere near the playoffs in the NFC.
0: But if, no, but if you go nine and seven, you're 100 percent bringing everybody back, and James is getting a fat new contract.
1: Yeah, it's probably true.
0: What's a fat new contract though? A uh, 100 million over four years.
1: And free pumpkin pie.
0: <laughs> you had him. Hey, you make crab legs. You got to leave with pumpkin pie.
3: You can't leave with a hundred million. I mean, what do you what do you think he gets? You think he's playing for twenty five million a year? I don't. Is that too low? Yeah, I think thirty. Yeah. You think Jameis Winston is getting thirty? The yeah. Bears, Sean. I just told you what's going to happen. Sean, I, well, have you? Seen I agree
2: that might happen, it? and I'm boycotting the Bears as long as he's the Bears quarterback. I, mean,
0: I think I think you're looking at a situation where look if they finish nine and seven, it's a whole different ball game. But if they finish seven and nine or eight and eight, um, and James is playing okay, and he's still young enough. I think that you could go to him and say, "Listen, here's the deal, Jameis. We are going to give you a Nick Foles, Alex Smith, Tom Brady type, or no, I mean, uh, or Joe Flacker type. Tom Brady going to make a lot of money. I mean, like, or you can get him for twenty five million. Drew Brees is playing for twenty five million. All these guys you mentioned are old.
1: Derek Carr, his contract's twenty five million dollars. year. you think Jameis Winston is going to take less than Derek Carr,
0: or make less than
1: Derek Carr? I don't think so. I don't. I don't
0: know. Th- Jimmy Garoppolo is twenty seven five. Jacoby is twenty seven nine. I can't
2: live in a world where Jameis Winston's getting paid $30 million a year to throw 30 no. interceptions. $30 you got a million million for
0: Trump's to, to make then. <laughs> if they go he's getting Too far. <laughs> They're going to give him $30 million a year if they go 9-7. That's just how it's gonna
1: going They're not going 9-7, though, so. I, don't Ritz, don't I just told crazy. you that. You
0: just said it was $25 million. You just upped it $5 million a year.
1: He agreed with me.
0: If they go 9-7, it's, it's 30. It might be 35.
4: Well,
0: get out
1: of here.
3: Don't worry, the, be- the the Bears will bid him up to 40.
0: Is he going to take less than Jared Goff?
3: No, of course not. You'd rather have Jared Goff or James Winston? Half a dozen of one. Who cares? I mean, you're losing either way. <laughs> who would you rather have? Uh, Shot- James, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I'll go with Goff. Yeah, Just who cares?
1: Because you don't take <laughs> James. Uh, and let's not forget, they could go nine and seven and get to the playoffs. Then Jameis is getting fifty million per year. The Bucks aren't making the playoffs at nine and seven. They Sean, can, Sean, they can't. Whoever they're say playing it's in week happen. seventeen isn't going to
3: show up, <laughs> so he's going to go off in week seventeen anyway. Every
1: team gets an automatic win in week seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing the Falcons. They haven't shown up all season. Boom! Dunked on. I think
3: they're going eight and eight. Worst case, I think we're going to win through those games. That's what I said at the very beginning of this conversation.
1: And three of those four are at home. I can't believe I'm looking up Buccaneers
3: schedule.
2: That's right. I can't believe
3: you guys You're 14. nervous about your new quarterback, Sean.
2: Uh, I, are you kidding me? I want them to go nine and seven, so I don't have to think about the Bears signing up.
0: Speaking of Jared Goff, he actually almost uh, broke, where he made a run at Norm Van Brocklin's all-time yardage record. Goff had a monster day at a big bounce-back spot. The Rams are on the road against the Cardinals. And uh, after getting humiliated last week, they completely and utterly flexed on the Cardinals. I mean, flexed all over. Thirty-four to seven final. Jerry Goff, thirty-two of forty-three, four hundred twenty-four passing yards, two touchdowns. Blake the boat Bortles came in for a couple of a uh, couple of throws. Why you know, is he the boat? What's that? He's the boat. Yeah, instead of the goat.
3: Oh, I like that. The boat.
0: Um, I think the uh, part of my take guys came up with that. Ty Gurley, 19 carries, 95 yards, one touchdown. Malcolm Brown ran six times. Robert Woods had 13 catches for 172 yards. Tyler Higby blew up seven catches, one hundred seventy yards, and a touchdown. Cooper Cup 665-1. Kyler Murray was not protected and not very good in this game, Sean.
2: Yeah, I, I think you can look at both both teams and it, it starts up front. And we talk about all the time how Jared Goff fares under pressure. I thought he was remarkably uh, well-protected, only sacked one time. And if you look at a lot of the highlights, just not under pressure, had clean pockets, and that's the Jared Goff that we saw um, the first half of last year. Conversely, you look at the Cardinals. Every I had this game on my second TV, and I had Chiefs and Raiders on my other TV. Uh, every time I looked at the Cardinals game, Murray is just running for his life in that backfield. He was sacked 6 times and this is probably I would say the worst performance that I've seen him play at least in recent weeks. Um, but a lot of it you have to pin on his protection and I don't want to I don't think you got to panic or turn this into a big Kyler Murray long-term implications. He's been awesome. He had a bad game. Um yeah, Yes, and against an offensive line that was just overmatched against Aaron Donald. Um, Aaron Donald, like, lined him at one point. It was it was kind of embarrassing and ridiculous. And for Goff, we know the book on him. If he can get well protected and they can run their play action and their crossing routes with Robert Woods and all that, he's going to be great. And if he's under siege, he's not going to be great. And this was the case of the Cardinals just not having a good pass rush and not having a good defense.
3: Hmm. Still mm-hmm. not going to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I don't buy this as a like indicative of things to come. I think it's a one game outburst.
0: Well, the the problem with the Rams is that they they beat up on bad teams. They lose to anybody that's got a decent defense, and they're seven and five. So, like, how are you going to possibly catch? I guess you catch Minnesota. No, get out of here. Basically, the Cardinals thought it
3: was week seventeen. That's how they played.
0: Yeah, the Rams exactly. Rams finished with uh, (laughs) Seattle. At Dallas, at San Francisco, and then uh Arizona at home. So good luck with See, that. See, Week 17, Arizona. I knew it. They had the weeks wrong. Um, the Vikings have at Seattle, Detroit, L.A., Green Bay, and Chicago. Chicago won't show up in Week 17. I'll tell you that
1: much. <laughs> um, Sean knows that they won't.
0: They it's, it's
3: fine with me. Listen, here's what's going to happen. Right before the game, Matt Nagy's going to say, listen. I know it's week 17. We have nothing to play for it. Next year, we're getting Jameis Winston. So go out there and play your hearts out. <laughs>
0: we're going to win that game. Packers 31, Giants 13. The Packers cover six and a half. over 43 and a half hits. Aaron Rodgers had a huge game. Uh, and uh, we'll throw to Breach, our, our noted weather correspondent. It was incredibly snowy. Rodgers said, I love the conditions. I admit I was a little worried that it might be more rain than snow. When those big flakes were falling down, I felt pretty good about our chances. Uh we felt like we should we felt like we should win a game like that against that opponent. They've been struggling this season. You still have to go out and execute. They get paid too. There's a lot of pride in that football team, a lot of good players. It was important for us to get a good road victory in a game that you all expect us to win and that we expect to win. Rodgers 21 to 33, 243 yards, four touchdowns. Uh first game with four passing touchdowns, multiple passing touchdowns since, since oh, Thanks. Uh, Rogers joins Tony Romo and Drew Brees as the only player in the Super Bowl era with at least three career games of four passing touchdowns or more against the Giants. Uh, Devontae Adams, six catches, 64 yards and two touchdown passes. First time with multiple p- t- touchdown catches, excuse me, since, uh, 2018. The Giants breach are limited from the playoffs. What did you think about that winter wonderland?
1: Uh, I think that as soon as it started snowing, if I was live betting, I would have put everything on the Packers. Look, Aaron Rodgers, so what of he specializes in, I think, before last season when the Packers uh, fell apart at the end of the year, he was like 15-1 and one in December winter games. I think those were at home, but this was basically like playing at Lambeau Field because it was snowing so hard. I mean, the first quarter was snowing so hard that you couldn't see any green blades of grass on the field. It was completely white. Fox had to superimpose gray hash mark and yard line markers on the screen just so anyone at home could see what was going on. And, you know, Brent you mentioned, you mentioned how good Rodgers was, and the flip side of that was Daniel Jones, who probably has never played in snow in his life, or if he has, probably only once or twice looked back through three interceptions, and that, that was the story of the game. You, you put people in snow who aren't used to playing in snow, and they struggle.
3: <laughs> By the way, I'll point this out. Uh, Miami was tanking for much of the season. I got rid of everyone. Redskins are an absolute hot mess. The Giants are somehow worse than both those teams. They only have two wins. They had three first-round picks last year. They traded Odell Beckham, and in exchange, they got Dexter Lawrence and Jabril Peppers. Then they took DeAndre Baker at the end of the first round. This team sucks. Cash getting fired. He's worse than uh, McAdoo ever was, and that's saying something. McAdoo actually took that team to the playoffs. I don't know where the Giants go from here.
0: Maybe you would you? What if you bring McAdoo back
3: and you bring Jason Garrett with him?
0: Oh my god. Do we talk about this in the podcast yet? If they hire Jason Garrett, it's the greatest thing in the entire world. <laughs> I, I will be- only <laughs> listen
3: to Nick Costas from now on if they hire Jason Garrett <laughs> as a Cowboys coach.
0: Would I you mean, have Christ. McAdoo in your life again, or would you have Jason Garrett? James Winston. I mean, come on. James Winston to Chicago and Jason Garrett to the Giants this offseason, and it is a dance party for this podcast. I'll tell you that. The Bears are big winners.
1: If you're the Giants, though, this is the one year that sucking this bad is actually good because if they end up with a number one overall pick, you have two options. You take Chase Young, fantastic. You need uh somebody on that's that good on the defensive side of the ball, or you have everyone who needs a quarterback trying to get Joe Burrow, and so all of a sudden they're just going to be making crazy trade offers and throw them in your face. And then you trade down and get a bunch of picks. So uh, you know, if there is one year to suck, and you because they're the only team up that high that doesn't really need a quarterback, then Giants. Maybe this was their plan all along, guys. Maybe they were the team that was actually tanking,
0: not the Dolphins. The Giants had the Eagles twice, the Dolphins, and the Redskins. So if they lose out and finish with two and fourteen, uh, Pat Shermer's getting fired. Did you what?
3: see,
2: by the way, Pat Shermer at the end of the game? They asked about Daniel Jones's three interceptions and his response was, Well, they weren't fumbles or uh, paraphrasing. Because Dana Jones has like the fumbling problems. Like if he had been playing over the course of the year, he'd be, I think, on pace to break the all time single season fumble record. Uh it that makes no sense to me. A turnover's a turnover. And by the way, Dana Jones, who threw three interceptions, fumbled once.
3: So Sean, you're glossing over the fact that Brenton said if they lose out, Shermer's getting fired. If they win out, Shermer's getting fired. He's done. You think so?
1: I don't know. If he beats the Eagles twice they, that might be enough to save his job. Are you serious? Yeah, NFC East. You beat NFC East rival twice. That, that's that's how those guys operate in New York. Oh, uh, we didn't we didn't make the playoffs or even win five games. And we beat the Eagles twice. You, you're you're staying, Pat. Beat two Super Bowls
3: since
0: so 07. Yeah, that's a. I they've think gone they, downhill. they have to look like idiots and fire him. Let
3: me put it to you this way: if they fire him, no one's going to be rushing to hire him, no matter what their record is at the end of the season.
2: It's okay. kind of funny, his career arc, too. The only reason he got this job is it's like the most fluky turn of events that Case Keenum somehow put together this, like, semi-MVPS MVP year, and that's what got Pat Sherman this job. Like, that's literally the only reason he has this job is because Case Keenum played out of his mind for a little bit over a year or a little bit
0: less than a year. Ooh, fun fact. Today was John Mara's birthday. Ugh.
1: Well, I wonder if he'll fire him as a birthday present to himself.
0: Right after he finishes that pumpkin pie. Um oh, wait, here's uh oh this is this could be good. This uh this is Pat Sherman talking after the game.
4: I'm always concerned when we don't win, right? And this is another feeling question. You know? And you know, I'll feel better when we win games. That's if you if you're wondering how I feel. I feel a lot better when we win games. And you know, I, I do see, you know, you you get an opportunity to watch us probably 20 minutes a day and you report on it, and this is a historically young team that's going out there and competing against some really good football teams, and we've got to do what we have to do to win games, and I understand that. But they also are developing, and at some point we'll be
0: good enough to win. At some point, we'll be good enough to win. When
3: people make excuses about anything personnel-wise, I keep coming back to the Steelers started a practice squad offense with Duck Hodges, who is shorter than Breach. So, (laughs) Are you assaulting me or Duck? Duck. I think both. Okay. But my point is that, I mean, listen, this is the NFL. Don't make excuses. You put together this roster along with Dave Gettleman, you guys are terrible. So it doesn't matter if they're young or old or whatever. Find a way to win some football games. Do you know what, without looking,
0: Pat Shurmur's record is now? How many years has he been in New York? No, no, I'm talking about as, a, as an NFL head coach. Remember, he also had another stint before. He has won – he has to have won 42% of his games. Okay. 42? Is
3: that too high? That is
0: too high, isn't it? It's That's insanely high. They're 2-10 right now. What he you been coaching for a while? He is now – Seventeen and forty-four. What's the 40%. math on that? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, under twenty eight percent. Is it? It's 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 always he's at twenty-eight point three percent coming to this game. 17 who 30. who is worse than that?
1: Hugh Jackson.
3: Uh okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well and Sean was saying he doesn't think Pat Shermer could get a job anywhere else. The Giants apparently specialize in that because since nineteen ninety-one They've only had one coach that went on after they got rid of them to get another head coaching job. No one else has been a head coach again in the NFL. Where is, that- is McAdoo right now? Not a
0: head coach. I assume he's asleep. He's probably walking his dog. He's cashing his checks. Who knows what he's doing. <laughs> he yeah. No, wait, He has to have a job somewhere, right? I don't think he does. Good. Is that Harry going to
1: come? He as- doesn't. He doesn't.
0: He's just some unemployed goober with a bad haircut
1: who has a better career record than Pat Shermer.
0: Yeah, he would
3: have to. Bernie Lowbacks has a better coaching record than Pat Shermer. McAdoo, Rich
0: was, Rich Cotite won eleven games in two thousand. Pat Shermer. He
3: was fired after a two and ten
2: start to the two thousand seventeen season, which is Pat Shermer's record right now this year.
0: Mcadoo, Mcadoo had 11 wins his first year with the Giants. Pat Shermer has 17 wins in five years as a head coach. Is that good? No, it's not. Uh, all right, let's anyway. Uh, see. Ya, by fire. Broncos 23. <sighs> Chargers 20. That's <laughs> for last. Uh-oh. And by the way, Brunson, I
3: don't know if you noticed, but I beat you because Philip Rivers refused to throw the ball to Keenan Allen down
0: the stretch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> minutes, you hate to see it.
0: You hate to see it. I think you beat me pretty easily without that. Oh, that eliminates Princeton from
2: the playoffs, too.
0: You got bounced. Oh, no. You beat me by two points and you have Tyler Lockett left. What are you talking about? (laughs) This
2: is what Ryan does. And, by the way, if you were winning by three points, say Keenan Mm -hmm. Allen got 40 more yards, he would have DM'd all of us before Monday Night Football asking, what do you think my chances are I'm going to win? He did it to me, too, when he was down by four Tyler Lockett.
0: Yeah, if I'd started Curtis Samuel over... AJ Brown I would have had a chance, but I took a good flyer. Um,
3: but that's not the story. The story is that Philip Rivers is not good.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Philip Rivers is our top fantasy performer in this game with twenty points. The Broncos obviously won and covered the plus four and a half. The over of thirty eight hit. Uh, it hit because the Chargers um, went down the field, <laughs> out of field little tight twenty all with fourteen seconds left, and somehow lost in regulation. It did so. Anthony Lynn points out officials are not perfect, but I did not, official, I did not like that call at the end of the game. I don't think that's the way you end a football game. To make that call, it would have to be clear and obvious. Uh, to be clear, Drew, Drew Locke threw the ball down the field, uh, to Cortland Sutton. A Chargers guy ran into him. The ref. Casey Hayward. Uh, oh yeah, Casey Hayward hits him. A Chargers guy whipped, uh, the, the official whips out the yellow flag, gets it in the range. Brandon McManus walks in. Uh, and bangs down a field goal. It was a perfectly Chargers ending. They fall to four and seven. Somehow not a ele- four and eight. Excuse me. Somehow not eliminated for the playoffs. Uh, but they they are by all intents and purposes. They have to be the most. Dis- like the Steelers are the most surprising team this year, given how things have gone. The Chargers have to be the most disappointing. I will say this: Phil Rivers threw
3: one interception, but um, they're right. That pi then was borderline terrible. I mean, it looked like the official had the flag in his hand before the ball was even thrown, or Drew Locke even threw it up in the air. I do love that James Lawson like, you have to take a knee here no matter what. And I'm thinking, eh, just throw a bomb and see what happens. And that's exactly what happened. P.I., field goal, game over. The thing is, that wasn't the worst call of the day, of the week. I mean, it was a bad call, but in the scheme of things, it's it's right there with the rest of them.
1: Rivers
0: Rivers wasn't that bad.
1: Can we talk about the – Storyline, the most important storyline in this Uh, game was Brandon McManus, the Broncos kicker was ready to fight Vic Fangio. Whenever you ever seen a kicker head coach, you get so crazy that it looked like the kicker was ready to punch his head coach in the face right before halftime. Uh, the Broncos had the ball and McManus, this is in Denver where you can kick about five, six yards further than you usually can. Denver drove to uh, the Chargers' 47-yard line, which would have been about a 66-yard field goal, and he wanted to try it. And you know what? After he and McVay ended up hitting the game-winning field goal on the final play of the game, it was a 53-yard field goal. I would have taken that ball, and he should have just gone and chucked it at Fangio and said, "I told you, man." Something like that. But anyway, Fangio was probably uh, was probably the second-best fantasy guy in this game because he scored 15 points. Brinson with uh, three field goals, two of them over 50 yards. And, uh, yeah, that was my favorite part of the game was the kicker almost fighting the head coach.
0: It was delightful. Well, Ryan, what did you think about Drew Locke?
3: Hey, get out there. A couple of nice passes to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's balling out. Um, he made a few mistakes at the end there. I was okay with – at least you, you got to get him out there. And I suspect we'll be having the same conversation about your boy Will Greer in the coming weeks in Carolina. But, yeah, put him out there, see what you have. And um, is Brandon Allen hurt or did just put him on the bench?
0: Yeah, they just wanted to try Drew Lock out. Oh, yeah,
3: season. he was off IR. He's out there. He, he keep keep him out there. He seemed quite happy uh, for finally being able to play, and you know, good for him.
0: Um, did y'all see that Anthony Lynn uh, feature before the before the game?
3: Did you
0: see Rex Ryan cry on TV? No. Did, did it,
3: Anthony Lynn have his shoes off?
0: No. no. <laughs> He's like building, like he's helping like build, like in, 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 um, I think over in Africa, he's helping like build schools and stuff like that. They did a feature on it and Rex, they got know there and they're like, Rex, what do you think? He's just like, and like start sobbing. It was like, that's why he's great. i know him for eight years. It was like, it's very uncomfortable. I don't ever want to see Rex Ryan. Cry.
3: Well, that's awesome for Anthony Lynn. By the way, uh, you guys probably heard this, but we didn't mention it earlier. Warren, uh, Warwick Dunn's been making house, like building houses for people and giving away for free for years now since he's long since he's retired over like 150, well over that. I think house number 60 something went to Deshaun Watson and his mom. Oh, ju- that's cool. You, you just. Yeah, 100%.
0: Found- you just found that out. No,
3: they were talking about it on the telecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone knows that. Okay, well, we didn't mention it during the show, and you talked about Anthony Lynn. I thought I'd add that for people that didn't know it.
2: Wait, 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 Ryan, do, you a, do you have a sound bite to play for it, though?
3: <laughs> Thanks, uh- Sean. I'm trying to spread goodwill, and Oscar over here is crapping all over me. <laughs> uh you don't like soundbites sean i like the silent soundbite the best Can you play that one again
2: <laughs> no i like hanging ryan on
3: about it because it drives them crazy
0: well people are driving down the road they hear silence like oh the thing must
3: have gone out they turn off the
0: friggin' podcast i i, I doubt they're gonna do that they're not turning it off because it's sean's little electronic farts they're not gonna turn it off for- they're
2: not mine man they were happening before i was even on this podcast when i was listening
0: Likely still. Anyway, fifty-eight yards, Locke, 134, 18-28, Rivers, 20-29. By the way,
3: Rivers wasn't great. There was conversations about benching for Tyrod Taylor halfway
0: through that game. No, that's because Rappaport reported it before that they were talking about doing it. He wasn't great, but he wasn't wasn't the problem with the Chargers. Fair enough. They were getting carded by Drew Locke. (laughs) It happens. It does happen. All right. Uh, Anything else from these games or anything else that – Happened in uh, Sunday's action? Nope. Good to go. All right. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, Make sure and check out your feed. Should be a Jason Locker for a podcast coming this afternoon. We'll also do a preview. We have the preview podcast with Dubin, uh, Jared Dubin, and Jason Locker for. And then we'll have a Monday night recap. Talk to you fools later. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the
4: CBS Sports Podcast Network